Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me, okay? What a time it is to be alive, truly. Absolute thumping week this week on the podcast, special guest episode. We don't often have guests on this podcast for a variety of reasons, okay? Firstly, I don't like it when they outshine me, alright? It's, it's Get Around Me with Billy Darcy, okay? Sometimes when I have guests, people are talking about, oh, the guest was so unbelievable. They're the funniest person alive. I say, hey, guys, I was on the episode too. So traditionally, my ego does get in the way of these sorts of things. But we have superstar comedian Rory Lowe on this week telling some of the most face-melting circuit yarns I personally have heard in quite some time, okay? He tells two like 15 to 20-minute yarns on this podcast that are they're genuine they're genuine yarns here okay this is the sort of stuff where they're the sort of yarns where it's like bring your 15 year old cousin and your 93 year old grandma they're both going to get a lot out of these things okay especially if uh grandma got up to no good during prohibition okay they're quite they're quite blue these yarns so strap in for those the last 20 minutes of the podcast he's talking all about opening for Bert Kreischer in America He's on a private jet, he's in Vegas, there's narcotics, there's all sorts of stuff happening, guys. So, absolutely cranking episode with Rory Lowe coming. And then we got Rowan on afterwards, of course, the Irish wolfhound himself. And then I wasn't even going to do a solo podcast this week, I thought there's no point, you know? If, you, if you've got someone just absolutely killing it out on the field, as Rory Lowe did this week, sometimes... Benji Marshall just puts the feet up, you know? Sometimes you say, Benji, just come off. I know I know you're stressed out. You've got other stuff happening outside of the game, probably. I personally don't, but for the for the sake of this analogy, let's say I'm absolutely pressed. I've got more than I can handle on my hypothetical plate, none of which is true. I've got all the time in the world. But there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about this week, and I didn't want to miss the hang, so I'm just going to do like a 25-minute mark Marin style intro and then we got the rory low episode and then we got the irish wolfhound rowan arneal bit going on in the rowan app as well we got robbed this week here at the pad i repeat we were robbed all right and yet another harsh reality of living in the city okay it is dog eat dog out here and i don't trust anyone within 100 meters of me after this robbing i'll tell you that Rowan handled it a lot better than I did. I wanted blood immediately, okay? I was walking around town with brass knuckles looking for eye contact, okay? I was looking for the right amount of eye contact at the right time. I was going to swing first, ask questions later. My other three roommates, they were like, hey, mate, sometimes in life you just get robbed, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But I'm telling you, in the ivory tower of Manly, you don't, okay? So... I took it the worst by far. In fact, it wasn't even close. In fact, no one else even really reacted. I was the only person who had any sort of reaction whatsoever to the robbing. But we get into that with Rowan a bit. I did some gigs with the bloke who tried to flog me last year, which is a little bit awkward, okay? If I could be completely candid with you, the listener, when the last time you saw a bloke, he was threatening to end your life, and now you're on three lineups with him in the space of two days. Yeah, guys. It's a little bit awkward, okay? And I got did a gig in Penrith to a bunch of oldies. 
literally off the rip, got heckled relentlessly by this one guy who kept screaming out, where are the nose beers? At his age, I hope he does not find those nose beers. That's what I'll say about that. Okay? I think we need to have a rule that, and I worry about our generation. I just read the other day that Australia and New Zealand are apparently doing the most cocaine in the world. So congratulations all around. Pat yourselves on the back. I don't know what it says about the, the, the Anzacs that we receive the most expensive and worst cocaine on the planet, and yet we are doing the most of it. So I think it speaks to the attitude of this great region. Okay, you come to the South Pacific, brother. We don't care about the quality of the goods. Just fucking, you know what I mean? Let's go. Okay. So congrats all around there. And I hope that this old bloke who kept screaming nose beers at me in Penrith uh, doesn't actually find any because I, I do believe it will lead to a heart attack for the great man. So yeah, it's been eventful. Okay. It's been an eventful few days. I posted that clip of me taking a backpack on a date and I've received uh, some, some comments, some thoughts, some feelings. One guy has solved the problem of the backpack on a date. This was the comment he said. He said, just say your other bag is broken and then shift the conversation to something else. I mean, this guy is an out-of-the-box thinker and what a privilege it is to have him cast his mastermind onto my life for a brief second, okay? What a genius. It's sharp stuff from one of the sharpest individuals I've ever had the pleasure of having comment on my content. So, thank you, sir. It did not occur to me at the time to say that my other cooler bag was broken. And then anyway, what about this? <laughs> what a social pariah this young man is. So, I appreciate the help there. And and yeah, dude, there's just uh, there's one other thing I wanted to say in his intro. Yeah, I've sort of been living a lot, but nothing like nothing crazy pod worthy. But I've been doing a, a lot of living. Okay, don't you worry about me. If you're if you're wondering what the hell's Bill been up to the last week or so, well, I'll tell you, mate. I've been living. Okay, I had a chicken tikka masala kebab the other night on my way home from a gig. I had like the best Surrey Hills night ever the other night. Few beers with Macca before he we went on a date. Then I walked to a gig, did a gig, couple beers there, walked to another gig, couple beers there, walked home, blazed one, stopped in at this Indian takeaway for a chicken tikka masala kebab. My first time, I didn't even know the Indians were in the cylinder game. Okay, this was news to me. And let me tell you guys, after having this bad boy, if I was a Lebanese man running a takeaway in the local area, I'd be absolutely shitting myself, okay? Because, you know, doner kebabs, lamb and chicken, move the fuck over. Because this chicken tikka masala kebab was absolutely face-melting stuff. I, uh, I, I don't really, as a man who speaks for a living, whatever, you know, whatever meager living that may be, you cannot deny that it is, in fact, a living. I personally don't have the words to describe how good this chicken tikka kebab was. My God. And fair play to the... I will put my hand up that I was pretty aggressively blazed at the time. The Indian guy running the store came out and said something in Hindi to another Indian man. And I was so high, I thought he was talking to me. So, 
wasn't my order. That was actually for the Indian gentleman standing directly behind me. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to clock that. I don't know if anyone's ever been so blazed they thought they could understand Hindi, um, but there's just a little sort of window into my state of mind. Friday, 10 p.m., post two gigs, did pretty well at the first, much better at the second. Saturday, I did two more. Guess what? I don't want to talk about them, okay? It's my podcast. You can back off. It is the last time I'll say it, dude, okay? It is the last time I'll say it. So... Very eventful stuff. Anyway, um, but, but, but the reason I wanted to do a solo podcast this week, just a couple of things I wanted to talk about that I felt could not wait. Obviously, I'd like to preview a bit of the Ashes uh, second test, which starts Wednesday night. I'm recording this Wednesday morning. And then also, I just got to talk about this Warney television show uh, for a brief moment. If I could just... If I could just have a lend of your ear for upwards of four and a half minutes. Just wanted to briefly talk about this Warney thing and then uh, sort of crack into what will be a, a fairly significant podcast with Rory Lowe, cracking yarns, etc. But this Warney show, dude, this Channel 9 telemovie, <laughs> I think it's in two parts. So I was on Sunday, I was watching the footy and it came up with the telemovie thing. And I thought I better watch this Warney thing because I think people will want me to talk about it on the podcast. You know, as far as topics, forget around me. It doesn't get more more in my niche than a Channel 9 telemovie about Shane Warne. And then I thought, I mean, we all watch the trailer, okay? I know it sucks. You know it sucks. Because during Origin, they must have played like a seven-minute featurette. It's one of those things where it's like, I haven't seen the, the movie, but also I know what happens. And it looks terrible, okay? The cricket scenes are a disgrace. I saw a clip of the narration where it opens with the guy narrating, like he's Shane Warne narrating the show from heaven, okay? So pretty wild creative decision off the rip. Um, It's poor. I think we would all agree. And here's the thing, dude. And yes, I'll say this. I did not watch the program, okay? So... Every opinion on this, this is coming from a man who has not watched the program and I will not be watching it, okay? Because the trailer was abysmal. To, to say the trailer was abysmal, it's, it's inaccurate, okay? I'm sure someone who works for like the Oxford Dictionary would watch the Warney show and come up to me and say, sorry, Bill, according to the actual definition of the word abysmal, this is actually far worse than that word can really go, you know? Abysmal goes only so far, and this show is beyond the confines of the word abysmal, okay? And yeah, I watched the trailer. It sucked. And here's the thing, dude. That's the point of trailers, to show me the best bits and rev me up. You watch a Game of Thrones trailer, you don't leave going, oh, that was one of the worst trailers ever, but I bet the show will be good. That's not how trailers work, okay? Usually, it's the complete opposite. Like with that show, The Idol, it was just a three-minute trailer of Lily Rose Depp's sex scenes. It looked fucking unbelievable, okay? Now I've heard it's come out, everyone's saying it's actually quite poor, and it turns out The weekend, who's never acted before, actually can't act in one of the more startling revelations I think we've all seen. So as I've seen the trailer. The trailer was horrific, and it was like a six-minute trailer, okay? I've had friends watch it. They've said it's horrific. I've had 
I've had people I don't like tell me it's horrific, okay? So I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to watch it. And I was thinking about why I don't like this so much. And I was like, yeah, dude, here's the deal. I'm not going to watch it because my issue with this program isn't the potential quality of the show. I don't care if it's the best fucking show on planet Earth. I don't care if HBO are watching this thing going, oh my God, how have Channel 9 pulled off such a masterpiece? This is unbelievable. I don't care if it wins five Golden Globes next year. I don't care if people are literally bursting into tears after watching it from the sheer quality of the product. My issue isn't the quality of the show. My issue is the fact that they would have gone into production on this thing while the bloke's body was still warm. Okay, I want someone to tell me when this thing was pitched in the boardroom and went into production. It must have been, honestly, the timeline of Warney's death to now. I reckon, conservatively, it was two months after his death. They've gone, sweet, time to cash in on this bloke's legacy. It's too soon, okay? It is just too soon. He died last year. It's way too soon. That's just how I feel about it, okay? And I saw his dad said that he didn't mind it or whatever, and I saw some of the family were against it. Some of them said they don't mind it. They saw a screening. I just think that a bloke should be dead for at least six months before you go into production on a Channel 9 telemovie, okay? I don't know if that's like a wild opinion to have on this matter. But it's like, also, it's a Channel 9 telemovie about one of the most iconic Australians of all time. Just say that word, telemovie. You know? Like, telemovies should be reserved for Melbourne gangland leaders. They should be reserved for, like, like that guy Rob Mills, who went on Australian Idol in 2003 and goes on every reality show Australia's ever had. There should be a Channel 9 tele- telemovie about... Rob Millsy Mills, not one of Australia's most iconic humans to ever walk the earth. HBO should be doing like a 10-part series on Warney like 10 years from now or something. You know, it just looks ridiculous. The timing of it is extremely insensitive. And, and also on top of all of that, it's poor. It's poorly done. The narration, the cricket scenes look ridiculous, Okay. They look ridiculous. So yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Here's the thing, dude. If someone, if someone two months after Steve Irwin's death started went into production on a Channel Nine telemovie about his life, people would be blowing up about it. And also, I don't know. Like, there's like, seeing all these scenes of like warning making out with like Liz Hurley and stuff. It's weird, dude. It's just a weird thing to do. So I just think it's way too soon. And I just think telemovies should be reserved for people who are worthy of a telemovie. You know, real C-list cunts who've done nothing for no one. And yeah, I just feel that the whole thing is lame. And this last thing is... Firstly, I'd like someone from Channel 9 to come out and say, I was the one who pitched this. I was the one who okayed this two months after his death. Like they would have gone into production on this before the state funeral. That's probably the reality of this situation, and it just pisses me off, dude. Okay? And this this next thing is completely unsubstantiated, 
Uh, this is completely hot. Like, this is just what someone told me. And it's just complete alleged garbage from me. But I heard the bloke who's playing Warney um, was terrible at the cricket scenes. Like, they tried to train him for months. He just couldn't get it. And I also heard he's a bit of a prick. So that's completely alleged. That is, there is no substantiated evidence behind that. But I heard that the guy's like barely played cricket before and was a prick to work with. Again, no evidence on that whatsoever. Okay. (laughs) But that's what I heard. And it aligns with my extremely passionate opinion about this. So without any evidence whatsoever, I'm just going to throw that down the pipeline as well. So that's how I feel about that. I will not be watching it. Thanking you. Up next, I'd like to briefly talk about disgraced NRL star Jared Hayne, who apparently... <laughs> oh, dude, this guy. So he's, he's, he's in the slammer jam, old Haney. The Hayne plane has been... The Hayne plane has landed, and it's going to be on the ground for a while. And here's the thing. Uh, he's been conned out of $800,000 in prison by a con man. So pretty... I mean, it's another bump in the road for the Hayne plane, as it were. Dude, how dumb can you be? <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's absolutely crazy. And I will admit, in defense of the Hayne plane, if I was in prison and I, I was paying $13,000 a day for like two years to mount my legal defense and some guy in the bunk above me said, brother, I have got the sickest Bitcoin thing going on here. Like... I." It's free money, brother. As someone, mate, I reckon this con man has used the same lingo on Jared Hayne that I use each week to try and convince some of you people to follow some of my tips. I reckon this con man has leaned from the bunk above and gone, Hayne Plane, what about this, mate? Inside tip, Bitcoin here, free money, okay? How do you like a bit of free money? I, if I was Jared Hayne and I was, had lost my whole fortune on this legal defense and someone on the bunk above me said, mate... I'm in, I'm in bed with these billionaire guys. I'm a massive investor outside of the prison. Free money. What do you reckon? If I was the Hain plane, I'd be thinking, oh, mate, this sounds unreal. Thank the Lord himself. You would not believe how much I need some free money right now. And he's like, well, Hain plane, bit of divine destiny here. We're roommates or whatever. Let me sort you out. And the funniest thing about this is the bloke who conned Jared Hain out of $800,000 is in prison for running a Ponzi scheme where he conned his family and friends outside of $4.6 million. That's crazy, dude. Wouldn't you ask him, you know, hey, mate, just before I get your BSB, yeah, what what were you in here for? What what are you doing here, man? You're so rich and smart and cool, and I can't wait to give you $800,000, mate. I can't wait. It's all I'm thinking about, mate. But just before I get your details, what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> I'd like to think there's a world where the guy told Jared Hayne, hey, mate, I'll be honest. I am a financial con man. I conned my family and friends out of 4.6 mil. But this one's going to be different, Haney. You know? He's got like a Parramatta eels tattoo. He's drawn on with a texture. He's like, see, Jared? I love the eels, mate. I love you. Okay, I'll never do this to you, Jared. And the hang plane's like, yeah, no, you're right, mate. Sorry, sorry for the for the lip, mate. You're right. I should have trusted you. Oh, dude. Absolutely crazy. And and you know what, guys? I gotta say, because the hang plane had to get uh, a family or friend to transfer the money on his behalf from outside of prison, 
I think this is where you do have to look at your inner sanctum, mate. You have to look around the circle, you know, the knight's table, as it were. You know, the round table of, uh, of, of blokes who have your back 24-7, even when you're in the slammer jam for doing something horrific. I think you've got to look at them and say, hey, boys, where was the tap on the shoulder as far as this, this con man? You know, Bitcoin, it's like, mate, no one's done Bitcoin in fucking a year. And you say, if I call, if I call Macca and I say, Macca, mate, I need you to transfer 200K of my money to this bloke, mad Bitcoin um, deal on here, a bit of free money. I'd like to think that Macca would say, well, hold on one second, mate. Just hold on one bloody second, okay? So I think the Hain Plains got to have a look at his inner sanctum there. And how is this con man still alive? Because apparently he did it to a few prisoners. So I I imagine he's got minutes to live. I don't know how I don't know how long you go to prison for conning people. I imagine it's a lot less time than raping someone. But but at the same time, how is this con man? How have they not just beat the absolute fuck out of him? That's my my final question on this matter. I'm not sure. It's a question for the con man. They moved him. They moved him to another prison for his own safety. So I don't know if maybe there's a bit of a backdoor deal happening with the Secos. Do you know what I mean? I've seen Shawshank Redemption, but that's really as far as my knowledge goes with this sort of thing. I got driven home in a paddy wagon one night when I was about 22. I had not committed a crime. I was just face down in a gutter and they dropped me home. So that's really as as far as I've come with the old with the old prison system, as it were. Uh, yeah, so I'm a bit out of my depth with this one, but I'd like to think at the very least that at some point this bloke will have the absolute shit beaten out of him uh, for conning the lads. But then again, I'm not sure how these things work. But now just to finish off here, and then we got Rory Lowe coming up next. Uh, just a, a bit of an Ashes preview here. Lord's second test starts tonight. I record on the Wednesday, release on the Thursday. So we'll see how these predictions fair i will say last week looking back i don't know why i spoke about origin at all before the game obviously we all saw how that went and i'll put my hand up i feel particularly foolish but nevertheless ash's second test starts tonight lords pitch is real green i will say that i called this when they rolled out that flatty at edgevaston if i'm england i'd have this thing green as anything dude you got james anderson in your team you have James Anderson in your team. For the love of God, get the hose on, okay? So I was good call from me there. The issue with the second test tonight is that I don't know if we should play Boland or Stark because I've seen a lot of chat saying, if you don't play Scott Boland on a pitch this green, you're a clown. You're a clown, Billy Darcy. That's what it actually said in the Daily Telegraph. It said, Billy Darcy, if you don't pick Scott Boland on this pitch, you are a certified clown, which I found to be particularly personally aggressive from uh, one of Sydney's most well-known publications. But I understand what they're saying because really you would play Mitchell Stark on the flat track. Maybe he gets a bit of reverse swing. Maybe he bowls a few bumpers. Maybe he bowls a few fullies. It's very hard to tell which with Mitchell Stark. But really the play would have been to play Mitchell Stark on the subcontinent style flatty at Edgebaston, where he does sometimes thrive. And then you get a wild green top and you go, Scotty Bowl, mate, stand that seam up, you weird, weird bloke, okay? 
you're probably going to say three words the whole test, but you're probably going to take more wickets than you're going to say words, and that's why you're in the team, okay? Your interviews are tough to get through, but when you stand the seam up, my God, silent but deadly, this man, okay? But the problem is, Mitch Stark bowled so poorly in that World Test Final before the first Ashes Test that we couldn't pick you, Starkey, okay? We couldn't pick you. You're bowling all... Some of this stuff wasn't hitting the cut stuff, Starkey, okay? So we should have played Starkey first Test, but he wasn't even hitting the pitch. So we're probably a bit muddled here, and now it's like, wow, these conditions really suit Boland, but now Boland's got a bit of treatment from Harry Brook in the first Test, and we're thinking, geez, what do we do here? You know, Starkey said in an interview that he's found his rhythm again. Dude, Mitchell Stark loses his rhythm more than I lose my AirPods. Is Mitchell Stark just running around his hotel room in London going, for the love of God, has anyone seen my rhythm? Okay. Mitchell Stark is a professional cricketer who plays cricket 365 days a year. But my God, I'm half expecting the bloke to roll into the first test with no shoes. I mean, Alyssa Healy, get your man organized. Next time you send him off to one of the most important games of the test cricket calendar, be like, Mitchell, do you have your shoes? Do you have your zinc? Do you have a bottle of water? I keep telling you to stay hydrated. And then she runs out to the car as he's driving out. Mitchell, Mitchell, you forgot your rhythm. You forgot your rhythm, Mitch. You know, and he's like, ah, he gives her a kiss on the cheek. Babe, what would I do without you? You know? Instead, Alyssa's playing in the ashes herself. She doesn't have time to, th- to constantly think about where his rhythm is, okay? So poor Starkey's out there with one boot and no rhythm. He doesn't know where he is, okay? And now we're in this situation where do you take a punt on Mitchell Stark where you got this wild green top, but it's not going to matter if he's bowling full tosses every second ball. And we got Scott Boland in the shed, who is absolutely tailor-made for this. So I'm here to say that I don't know what to do, guys, okay? I don't know what to do. If Mitchell Stark Mitchell Stark comes into some games like he's just woken up, he's just been in the TARDIS for six months fighting Daleks or something, and he hasn't bowled a ball since 1997. He rolled into that World Test Championship like, I swear to God, I, asked, I saw him on camera ask Pat Cummins, how do I hold this? I swear to God he said that. He had his he had he was holding the ball in the World Test Championship like it was a blueberry muffin. Just all four fingers around that thing, okay? Seam going everywhere. He's allegedly found his rhythm. I I don't know what to think, Starkey. Okay? I don't know what to think. So yeah. I mean I'd probably lean towards Boland, but whatever call they make, I I'm on board because I don't know what to do either, okay? So that's that's really the only decision that needs to be made. Ollie Robinson, I feel like everyone is just talking about this bloke incessantly. Uh, Ollie Robinson this, Ollie Robinson that. I will say, as far as Ollie Robinson is concerned, I, I kind of like that he's running his mouth. It's just the optics are poor when you bowl 126 Ks an hour and most cricket fans who aren't diehards legitimately have no idea who you are. You've got to keep in mind that half the people watching the Ashes could walk past Ollie Robinson in the fresh food section at Woolies and not blink an eyelid. And then he's rolling in bowling like 123 kilometers an hour, and you couple that with him being by far the biggest cunt on the field. So the optics are quite poor as far as Ollie's concerned. It's like when the cool kid at school does something heaps reckless and doesn't get into trouble, and then Ollie Robinson like 
you know, sharpens his pencil without asking the teacher first. And everyone's like, Ollie, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Everyone's furious, you know? And then the cool kid will like, you know, light light a, a bin on fire and everyone's like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's because he, the cool kids had unprotected sex at 15. He's wheeling and dealing. He does what he wants when he wants. Okay. But Ollie, mate, if you want to sharpen a pencil, bowling 117 Ks an hour, you better put your hand up and ask first. Okay. And, and yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I'm just trying to keep uh, my emotions in check. I briefly saw red when discussing Ollie Robinson's behavior, but I was able to sort of Nip that in the butt, as it were. They've brought in a fourth seamer, England, a man by the name of James Tung, who I have never seen bowl before, and I've I've never seen him bowl a delivery. I am not threatened, okay? That's all I'll say. I just think James Tung, I don't know what he does. He allegedly bowls uh, medium pace. I just think... Why wouldn't you play Mark Wood? Bowls about 155 clicks an hour. And this pitch, I don't even know which one the pitch is. You know, you've already got three medium pace seamers. Why wouldn't you just pick Mark Wood? Whatever. I've never seen James Tung bowl before. He might be really good, but also he's probably he's probably not. And also I have it on good authority. He's quite a benign route. So Plenty of missionary and 125k an hour seamers coming from him. Allegedly, again, I've literally never seen him bowl, nor do I know what he looks like. So looking forward to that big test match. England have backed themselves into a corner here because now you've rolled out this green seamer. Anything could happen. You know, Pat Cummins, Boland, Hazelwood. If we are you guys gonna win the toss and bat? You know, is that what we're gonna do? Because we could easily take four or five in the first session here. And then if you send us in, we have the best batting lineup in the world. So Steve Smith's record at Lords is absolutely disgusting. I won't read it out on camera because I do truly believe it's too blue for this podcast. Okay? His, his numbers are so aggressive in England and at Lords in particular um, that I will not be reading them out on this podcast because I don't want to get taken off YouTube. Okay? So looking forward to that, I think, honestly, if you put a gun to my head and you say, Bill, we've enjoyed this Ashes preview, where are your famous betting tips? I'd say, guys, all right, fine. You've backed me into a corner. I'm up against the wall. Fine, I'll give you my tips, okay? I'll give you my tips. I will say that if anyone is is in need of a little bit of extra money to cover their rent this week, I will say that Marnus or Steve Smith to score 100 in the test match, I don't mind that at all, Okay. The thing with these champion players is that if they just fail enough, you just get to a point where it's like they're too good to not eventually succeed. Marnus and Smith, I know Smith scored 100 literally two test matches ago, but you've got to keep in mind that in in the this guy's brain is like a TARDIS. Second TARDIS reference this pod. In Steve Smith land, he has been on a form drought for four and a half years. Okay, It's like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I don't think he's blinked in three days. He will be ravenous to score some runs. And Marnus Labashane, he low-key hasn't really done anything for about four test matches. And he's like the number one test batsman in the world as of two weeks ago. I think he's been eclipsed since. But I'm telling you, one of these guys is due. And if you need to pay your rent, bet the house. Okay, bet the absolute house 
on one of them scoring a hundo in this test match. And while I'm here, can we can sports bet allow same game multis on test matches? Why is that not an option? It goes for five days. So much could happen. It'll be so fun following a same game multi over the course of five days. But anyway, all right, that's the podcast, the solo portion. Um, got Rory Lowe up next. It is an absolute face melter. Then we got Rowan Arneal. Plenty happening there. And that's that, dude. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped. If you haven't heard already, lads, it is a smooth sack summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, DARCY. Use that code for 20% off and free shipping. And smooth sack summer, let me tell you guys, before the lawnmower lawnmower 4.0 came into my life, there was a time when when I was grooming myself below the waist, I did have to say three Hail Marys beforehand because you're thinking, is this even safe? Will I one day have the option to reproduce? God forbid a woman chooses me as her life partner, okay? You don't want to be in the bathroom on a Tuesday before work saying three Hail Marys, holding rosary beads in your bathroom mirror, okay? It's not great for morale. It's not great for the momentum of your week as a fully-fledged individual trying to make your way in this world. So that is all a thing of the past with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. This thing has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. They've built the ultimate grooming bundle for your summer grooming. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a a 7,000 RPM motor. We spit on 4,000 RPMs here at Manscaped. A 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight when you need it for a more pre- pre- precise shave. Did I mention the trim is waterproof too? Did I bloody mention it? Okay. Beach, lake, or shower, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes, guys. It will fucking devour them. Okay. Now that you have the perfect haircut, use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness even at the hottest summer barbecues. Most importantly, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay stay cool in the heat. With a soothing aloe vera formula, it's the best in the business for the -the below-the-waist freshness, and this clear-drying formula will keep you looking good while smelling good as well, dude. They even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and the Shed Travel Bag. Unbloody believable, guys. And all of this, you can get all of this, guys, for 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D A R C Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. D A R C Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com, guys. It is smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. And do you know what, guys? That's a goddamn threat, okay? That is a goddamn threat. (laughs)
All right, legends, welcome back to another episode of Get Around Me, special guest episode. Pretty exciting. We have Rory Lowe, king of the West Coast, the best coast, baby. Prince Perth, baby. What a place to be a prince of. The prince of Perth. I mean, better to be a prince of somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. But you live here on the East Coast now, mate. You're a manly boy. Yeah. You and me like actually swapped lives. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I moved to the city, uh, single. You moved north with a girlfriend. Yeah, and I lived like around the corner from here. Like you can see where we were staying. I know. So how does it work now? Do I get a girlfriend and then go back after you lose yours? Like are we... Oh, I don't. I, I don't think I'm losing mine. So okay. Well, <laughs> you if, might, if you do, just let me know because I, I love it back in Manly. So ready to go back whenever. You might be alone for a while, Billy. Okay, that's okay. I can. I've got time. <laughs> Get your backpack out, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that chick actually gave me the flick last week, so the backpack did not work. That's so funny. I couldn't believe you brought a backpack on a date. But the thing is, like, also, I like I'm a tote bag. Guy? Yeah. See, I don't usually take bags anywhere. I carry a tote bag with me usually everywhere, and it's it's always got my laptop in it. Like I feel like I, my laptop's usually attached to me at all times. But why? Why do you need the laptop? I'd just be like, I'm gonna forget this. It's because of when I was single. Because because when I was single, like I would always carry my like my laptop with me because I didn't know where I was gonna wake up. Okay. Okay. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Are you saying that when you were single? Every time you would leave the house, you would just take your laptop yeah. in case you had sex with some girl. Yeah. Oh my God. What what is it what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had one tenth of that confidence, I <laughs> Yeah. The problem was though you would always like I'd get I'd get fucking maggot and I'd like leave my laptop at like a nightclub. Well that that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I wouldn't have my laptop on me at all times. What are you doing on the laptop? Uh, Let's say you wake uh, you wake up in some girl's bed. Yeah. Okay. Rory Lowe. Just another day yeah. for one of Perth's finest. You, the laptop's there. Thank God. Yeah. What are we doing with the laptop? Well, first thing, first thing is just like yeah, you're looking around like fuck. Did I bring my bag? Where's my bag? And then you're like, there it is. You're like, awesome. So these this is what's usually in the bag, right? Laptops in the bag, hard drives in the bag. All right. There's usually a book in the bag. Sometimes. You know, I'd, I'd leave like a toothbrush, toothpaste in there. You know, it's, it's... So when you leave the house, you're leaving the fucking house. Yeah, when I was single, it'd be like, I might not come home for like a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I took a backpack because I was staying at my parents for one night. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tell you the worst part was um, like when we were outside the pub, because like we'd like, um, we'd like hooked up before and stuff. It wasn't like a first, first date. Yeah. Um, but then like when I was like I was like going to give her a kiss goodbye and like the backpack just rattled my confidence so much. Like just trying to lean in for a kiss with a backpack on. It was just You're off balance as well now. You yeah, know? I like fall over. I'm like I'm like turtling out in the gutter. I'm like, can you give me a head head headbutt us? Because you're moving too quick. You got too much heavy momentum behind you. Mate, with a with a satchel bag, it would have been great. Yeah, tote bags. All tote the way bag. Mate. Tote bag with a nifty little you know, nif- nifty little yeah, design like on there. Fucking save the whales or some shit. Yeah, yeah. You f- Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been vaccinated. You yeah, know, something, something that yeah, the chicks yeah. do. Yeah, heaps progressive tote bag, and then you start editing your Peppa Pig videos where they're calling everyone a cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah the old bait and switch. Hey? Well, that, that's what it. That, dude, that's what it was. I'd wake up in the morning. I'd, uh, I'd either depending on how I felt, I'd either get out of there as quickly as possible, or uh, like really settle in. 
really like just like, become a part of yeah, her like, well, world. That's, yeah, like depending on like how it was because I never really like I never really picked up in nightclubs when I was single. I, like I find it. Oh uh, my god, dude! It, I've never I, even freaking successfully held a conversation in a nightclub. No, no, I don't. I think maybe in my whole life, like I might have like pulled maybe one or two chicks in a nightclub, but I, I it never ever ever worked. Pulling oh, chicks dude, in a nightclub. I'm absolutely useless on the dance floor. If you can't hear me. I don't really see what purpose I'm serving yeah. in any situation. Yeah, I've, like it's it's all it's I'm an audio based pickup Dude, guy. I'm a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am. Like, look, babe, don't look at me. But here are some AirPods, and can I just have ten minutes of your time? Yeah, like hundred um, percent. So if I'm not settling in, right, it'd be uh, get out the house. This, by the way, this is so obvious that like you haven't had a day job for like eight years. <laughs> You just wake up in Randwick. You're like, am I settling in here for like four business days? Like, yeah, because that's kind of what the vibe would be. It'd be like, you know, if it's if it's going good, you'd be like, you'd, you'd wake up, you'd roll over, you'd have a little little kiss or whatever, and they're like, oh, what's up? And you're like, oh yeah, what's up? And they're like, oh, what are you? We're like, what are, you, what are your plans for the day? And you're like, you, I guess. Yeah, right. And then you just like go get coffee and wander and like I don't know, go for a nice walk through like some some bushes and stuff. Look at some flowers. Maybe walk down the beach if it's a nice day, yeah. and then just like repeat the same thing again for like three days until until they either they get eventually sick of you or fall in love with you. And either way, you're kind of like this. This isn't happening. Wow. Okay, mate. The cold, heartless world of uh, emceeing in Sydney five nights a week. Oh no, this never happened in Sydney. I, I, I pretty much fell in love as soon as I came to this city. That'll um, happen, mate. Yeah. That will happen on the East Coast. It is. There's so a big difference Perth. between yeah, Perth and Perth and well, Sydney. I wanted to talk to you about this because like Perth is like its its own island. Yeah. And like you came up in Perth. And it's like this term Perthanality, yeah. where it's like these people who are only famous in Perth. Obviously you got like a big following everywhere, but like it's more about like not comedians, more like there's like news readers and shit who are like famous in Perth. Yeah. But you're like a bit of a Perthanality too, I guess. It's <laughs> like would you would you identify as a personality? It was. This is like it's almost like like. Will you admit to it? <laughs> will you fucking admit that you are a personality? Say it. I want to hear you fucking say it. <laughs> I've got I've got something that you're gonna absolutely love. Okay. <laughs> Last year in the West Australian newspaper, there we go. I was named number sixty three. I think it was in top. 100 influential West Australians. There it is. There it fuck it is, hey? This is who's guiding the future of the youth on the West Coast. This piece of shit who leaves to get a coffee with his fucking tote bag on a Tuesday because he's so sure he'll be having sex with a local West Coast girl. That's who's that's who's influencing the the youth of the West Coast. Yeah, but the West Coast like the West Coast is it is it's like it, I mean it was like during the your, your early to like late twenties, like it's like a, a sexual, it's like a sex cult, like like really, yeah, dude. Like I grew up in Fremantle, and like so Fremantle. Beautiful. Like, yeah. By the way, by the way, I hope this isn't coming across that I'm being negative about Perth. I actually love Perth. Why? Why? Because the seven listeners you've got from Perth are gonna unsubscribe. No, mate, I do well in Perth. I tell you what, mate. The people of Adelaide, they know how I fucking feel. But yeah, oh, but dude. I love Perth. My only qualm with Perth is it's too far away. Mm. Once you're there, it's unreal. See, this is the thing, but. If you're from Perth, nothing's ever too far away. Like, like well, because you're in, you're there. Well, no, not even that. It's like, like for example, like like I'm going to Perth next week just to do a couple of shows before the tour. And I was I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, "You want to come with me?" She's like, "Oh, it just seems like so far just to go for like a couple of days." So I'm with your girlfriend, and I was like, 
you're going to Treadbull for the weekend in like two weeks, which is like a nine-hour drive away. Yep. But it's the plane. We Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. If I'm getting on a plane for five hours and I get off and there's some white guy called Craig there speaking in an Australian accent, nah, dude, anything more than five hours on a plane, you better be speaking another language when I get there. <laughs> this is ridiculous, dude. You want, you want a necklace full of some native flowers. If I get on a plane some incense for fi- burning in yeah. your face. If I get on a plane for five hours and my hair isn't braided that day, <laughs> something's gone wrong. I want cheap belt buckles. Yeah. After five hours, that's what you want. But mate, let's unpack this sex cult thing. Yeah, so like Fremantle is like no one really has a job. Everyone's kind of like a bartender. Like yeah. everyone's a bartender. Okay. Or they've got their own. Or I feel like every hospo scene is a sex cult in its own yeah, way. Yeah, so it's like that, but it's also like right on the beach. And like no one's really wearing a lot of clothes anyway. Because like no one's wearing shoes at all. No one wears shoes. And like, you know, no one's really wearing a shirt because it's so fucking well, hot. It's Obviously, as well, when you're in the sex cult of Fremantle. Yeah. I mean, fuck, how much time do we have? And then on top of that, you add the fact that, like, there's a huge backpacker kind of, like, tourism that kind of comes through Frio. So a lot of backpackers start in Perth and then work their way around. And so there's just, like, Brazilians and Spanish and French and just, like, people from everywhere just basically coming in and everyone's hot and everyone's drunk and everyone's already half naked and everyone's smoke pot. So you're just like, oh, and they only really throw house parties. Like there's no oh, nightclubs. Really? There's no nightclubs. Yeah, because Fremantle's quite small. It's yeah. almost like a small town. Yeah, so that was another thing. It's like, I never, went to, I never went to nightclubs. We just threw house parties and we threw like raves. And so there's like, a, there's like an abandoned amphitheater outside the Fremantle golf course where people used to just DIY raves. Sick. And so we just threw our own raves like in the middle of a golf course. And everyone would just go and like get on it and party and then just go home and have crazy, you know, um, House of Balloons weekend molly sex. Wow. Yeah. House of Balloons weekend molly sex. That sounds like a mixtape, dude. Well, you know, House of Balloons by the weekend is a mixtape. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've shown my hand there. I'm not familiar with the weekend, unfortunately. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm more of a skyhooks kind of guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I just got introduced to Central Sea last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sick. You've never heard of him before. I've heard of him, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I, cool. I I haven't listened to a lot of hip hop in like the last five years. I yeah. fell I fell off. No, it's the only thing I listen to. I've I've started getting into country music. Oh, dude, I love country music. Yeah, I love it. Last night, get a little oh, drunk. Oh, Morgan. Yeah, yeah dude. dude, he's coming. I think he just went. No, I saw a billboard of him the other day. He like, was just here. Was he? Yeah, I think oh. you missed him. Oh fuck, dude. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where like the tickets went in like one second or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, dude, how's so. this? My cousin, um, she's like the biggest country music fan. And her and her fiance went to see Morgan Wallen. But he got so fucked up, they had to leave like during the opener. Oh, my God. And it's like $400 tickets. Is that how much they were? Oh, I've just ballparked that. But they were expensive, yeah. Dude, tickets are getting... It's like for everything. Everything's just getting like dumb expensive. Dude, yeah, 100%. And it's like, I don't know. how. Okay, I'll run this past you, mate. How expensive can a comedy ticket really be? When blokes are coming out here, $140, and then they come out and they're like, what's the deal with shampoo? And it's like, mate, for 140 bucks, you better fucking, you better blow my face off, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess, like, if you're coming from America, like, if you're coming from, like- I think about 100 bucks is right. Yeah. I just paid $90 for Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah. 
And that and it was a great show. That's yeah, it, no na- qualms. Ninety nine, ninety five, baby. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Like that's a vibe. Like I wanted to go watch Chris Rock, and then I was like, let me see how much these tickets are, and it's like three hundred dollars, and, and you're like, I don't like you anymore. Yeah, hit, Will Smith should have hit you harder. Wow. Like there's no like there's no reason that, I'm with you that you as a comic who's supposed to be relatable to the common man, I, I, I'll fucking charge you three hundred bucks for a ticket. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, also, Chris Rock, like, he was, like, working shit out. Yeah. Like, they... they you the have Australi- piece of paper. The Australian market is like a toilet to American comedians. Yeah. They almost always cancel. Um, and if they do come out, they're literally, like, Chris Rock's playing a... He's playing Kudos Bank Arena. Like, it's fucking... I don't know, like, ha- Harpoon Harry's on a Monday or yeah. something. And he's like, what about this? And it's like, what about... I spend half my paycheck on this cunt. Like... Yeah. And I had a mate, his girlfriend... Uh, paid for like front row Jerry Seinfeld tickets. This is like before COVID. $1,500. That's nuts. And then the bloke has the fucking gall to come out and be like, what's the deal with voicemails? And it's like 1500 bucks. and this cunt's <laughs> talking about voicemails. Like, oh, we all know what to do before the beep. Yeah, yeah, Jerry, we do. Because that was 12 years ago when people talked That's about the beep. so funny. I think, I don't know. At what point are you like, like Take I know Luke Heggie... I think his tickets don't go above 30 because he's like for the working man, Mm. which I appreciate from him. As soon as I can have my tickets above 30, they're they're going up. Yeah, I've charged 40 on this tour. But like when you break it down, like it's 40 including the booking fee and everything. Like that's what I've made sure. Like I was like, I I want it to be like 39.90, like including all the shit. Mine were 33 this year, including the booking fee. Yeah. But then there was stuff like if you bring four people, they're like 27. Yeah, yeah, I do that. And I also was like, if you buy them in the first weekend, they're only 25 bucks. Oh, really? So I, I did that for mine. I was like, look, if you buy them in the first weekend, if you really want to come and you like, kind of like, like just buy them straight away, the 25 bucks. Afterwards, if you can't show your shit together, they, they go up. Yeah. The problem with comedy, I think, is like with the festivals, you only get like 55 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, how much can you really charge someone for like, not even an hour. Well, I mean, I think if you have two openers or like an opener does 10, 15, I come out and do like 55. Yeah. Then that's like so much better. Oh, dude, I like for, for, for Perth Fringe, like, uh, last, last year. Oh, no, no, I had, I, ch- I changed my deal with them last year. Uh, the year before last, um, I had to, I charged, I think 30 bucks, right? And then Fringe charged me five bucks just for do. Per, per oh. ticket, so it goes down twenty five. The venue then charged me thirty percent on top of the five, so that takes it down another seven fifty. So now I've, I'm charging thirty five bucks. I, I'm getting eighteen dollars fifty from the ticket. Oh my god! Then there's like a handling fee of like two dollars. Now it goes down to like pretty much fifteen bucks out of thirty five, and then I've got to take out my own marketing and the fact that the that I don't get it for like you know, a two-month, three-month period plus the 500-buck fucking rego fee. And it worked out. I saw, like, how much money in ticket sales I had, and I think I got a third of it. Dude, honestly, this is so disheartening. Like, yeah. I'm, like, okay, yeah. I, and I'm not even a big act, but, like, obviously. But, like, this is my first year where, like, uh, I had, like, Ticketmaster just take, like, two grand out of one of my settlements for inside fees. Yeah. And it's like, okay, whatever, dude. Ticketmaster, Ticketek. This isn't 1999 where cunts are going down to the box office and they've got to pay and you've got to employ a staff member. Try booking is a website that Dude, anyone they charge, can use. They for charge free. you fucking. They charge you three dollars ninety five to send you the text message. It's craziness, and it's like this isn't cool technology anymore. This isn't. This isn't new. There's so many ticket sites that you can use 
and they take like a very reasonable amount, yeah, like twenty cents a ticket or something, eighty cents a ticket, and then Ticketmaster just like inside fees for the exact same process. And uh, this guy Zach Bryant, speaking of country music, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he has something a he has orange. a live album called All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster. Yeah, can you imagine? Right, this guy plays arenas. Can you imagine how much Ticketmaster and Ticketek? would be taken out of like Taylor Swift's pocket. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine what like Live Nation would be taken out of Taylor's pocket or like these arena acts? It must be like millions of dollars. Oh, 100%. Like... Dude, it's like, it's it's fuck chalk. It's ridiculous, dude. And like, I, I feel like there should be a rule where like you have to be making like a hundred grand or something before Ticketmaster can take a swing. Yeah, it seems it seems so ridiculous. And then they pass they pass all the fucking fees off onto, a, onto the... I will... Fucking punters, anyway. Yeah, you know, it's like they take yes, our they, sp- they take our money and then they charge the customer the extra money. It's like you're doubling; they're doubling their money from us and from the customer. Yes, and, and for performing like, a function. Yeah, that literally we don't need them anymore. Yeah, like Eventbrite. Yeah, you just log into Eventbrite and any fucking idiot can set up an event. Yeah, it's like literally no one has to work there. Like Ticketmaster could be run by one guy. Yeah. Dead set. Anyway, I don't want to get too fucking ranty about whatever, but like, like now we've ranted for ten minutes about all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mate, speaking of touring, you're hitting the the bloody road. Yes. You're talking to Australia's greatest road dog here, which is a title I hold on to very fiercely, even though I hit eight cities a year. Yeah. And Luke Kidgel hits eight cities a night, but I'm still Australia's <laughs> greatest road dog. I, I don't care what anyone says, but mate, sure, I'll just give it. A, I'll give it a quick run here. What do we got? So you're going Ballarat, Bendigo, Melbourne, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney, Adelaide, Perth. Is it Manjimup? Manjimup. Manjimup, right? So how's this? I fucking, I really like these guys. Um, Where is it? Western Australia? It's four hours south of of, of Perth. Like past Margaret River? Yeah. In, oh, okay. Like past an inland. So I think it's like the bottom, the bottom course, not the side course. Real, real comedy hub, is it? Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> they were like, uh, bring a shore here. We'll give you five grand flat. Oh. And then if you, if you, if we sell manja more. Manja up, more like manja yup. Yeah. And if we sell more in tickets, we'll give you that too. Wow. And I was like, all right, sick, no problems. And then I got a, I got a message. That's good because then they want to promote the show now. Yeah. Because they got some skin in the game. Yeah, 100%. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is dope. And so I got an email yesterday off like the uh, like, touring agent. And he's like, oh, man, you might need some of these things. They haven't sold that many tickets yet. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, it's not until fucking 30th of like July. You know, it's yep. still oh, 29th of July, whatever it is. So it's still like four or five weeks away. Um. And I was like, all right. So I went on the website on their thing because they just sell them off their website. And I was like, they're charging 70 bucks a fucking ticket. Oh. <laughs> like, that's so why they're not selling it. Do you reckon they... Do you reckon they- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who's going to pay $70 to come watch me? It's it ridiculous. Just, for an extra $15, you can see Taylor Tomlinson <laughs> at the yeah. Astor Theatre. Yeah. So do you think... Do you think whoever- I have Kendrick Lamar tickets for cheaper. <laughs> do you think whoever was at running the Manjum Up thing just swung a bit wild with the five grand and then was like, oh, fuck, it's an 80-seater. And they're running the numbers going like, it's going to be $400 tickets for us to get back in the black on Rory yeah, Lowe. That, that's what I thought. So I hit up I hit up Liam, like touring agent. I was like, man, the fuck's going on here? Like, this isn't not what we agreed on, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, nah, it's all good. They'll sell them. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, bro, like, we, like that's how much they charge for absolute no-name acts who are tribute bands to come through and do stuff just because they're in the middle of fucking nowhere and that's what that's what they pay. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel good about this. And he was like, they've set it up, man. 
Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, they're just paying you to come, dude. So just do your show and shut the fuck up. And I was like, okay, is there okay. is there a lot of Rory Lowe fans in Manjimup? I don't know if there's a lot of fans. Yeah, <laughs> in Manjimup. Hey, that sounds like the sort of gig where I'd be taking an opener. Yeah, I'd be sending Rowan Arneal out there for 15 minutes, going, yeah. "Fucking, let me know 15, how it goes, brother." 15 to 30, and then an intermission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I come out for a hot seven. Manjimup, thank you and good night. <laughs> oh, okay. So that reminds me, because we were talking before about this. Speaking of like someone coming on and then someone coming on after and doing like hardly anything. Um, I was in Sunshine Coast last year doing. Oh yes, yeah, su- uh, doing the Sunshine Coast festival. Um, and I heard that obviously Ronan was was flaming old Tommy Little before. I really like Tommy. I think he's great. No, no, we're we're pro Tommy Little here on yeah. the pod. We we were saying last episode he should be the next Bachelor. Oh, I've heard a few people right? say this, right? man. I've definitely heard it. I'm like, uh, and I just he'd think be perfect. He'd be perfect. I think he's just too short. How short is he? He's like, oh, like five, 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 four. Really? He's quite, yeah, he's quite small. Oh. He's, he's, he's Tommy Little. Like, <laughs> like, oh wow. Okay. Like, I don't know if his last name is Little or not. Clip it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like he's yeah, he's a, he's a oh okay, he's a little dude. Um, That's interesting. He looks tall on the telly. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never met or gigged with him. No, he's, he's a he's a lovely guy, um, and uh, he's get, like he's, he's he's fantastic on stage as well, man. Um, and so we were doing this this gig, uh, and like I wasn't supposed to be on. It's like end of the festival. Like I, I was I was officially finished. I was absolutely fucking buck-eyed maggot. So this is like you've done like a week of gigs. The yeah, tool, the tools are down. Yeah, I've done like something like twenty gigs in like four days. Like oh, in, on the Sunshine Coast. On the Sunshine Coast, yeah. There was like a fe- there was a festival up there, so like you, they drove us up to Noosa. Like so, we'd do a, a short Noosa at like seven thirty, and then at like nine thirty, we'd do a gala in town, and then it like oh, at, this like, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's great, man. It's fantastic, and like you do like a brewery like at like four in the afternoon, and then there'd be like a, an English show, and then like a, a few other stuff. Like there was just all sorts of shows on, um, and so it, and then we do Soul Bar. Uh, and it was awesome. I've heard Soul Bar is just the best for comedy. Oh, dude, so nice, and the people that run it, amazing. Um, but it's like 11.30 midnight right now, and I'm fucking, like, falling over tables, smashing glasses, absolutely maggot. This room... But the tools are down. Yeah, tools are down, and pretty much have been thrown through windows. Like, wow. I'm, I'm on a fucking riot. Like, I killed a couple of gigs. F- few random dudes, like, spotted me a little bit of bag. I've been smoking a little bit. Performance enhances. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm not getting drug tested where I'm working, man. And the the shots are flowing. I'm, like, having the best time. Um, and I'm watching everyone else absolutely eat shit at this gig. Like, it's a terribly set up room. Some people are stood up, like the bar's in the weird spot, stage is in the wrong spot. It's all glass windows, so people are inside and outside. It's 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 a disaster. Yeah. The room is so important. People don't people yeah. don't understand that about comedy. It needs appropriate context. Yes. People it's- will just set up a speaker and a microphone in the corner of a pub and be like, mate, we saw Husey on the telly, just do that. And it's like Mate, what the fuck? Like it's so it's like it's like when you crush a can and you put it in a museum, it's art. Yeah. But if you just put it next to a bin, it's a piece of shit. Great analogy. Yeah. Like Love we, that. Like we are art. Put us in a museum. Put us in a place that we can flourish, that people can understand us. This was not that place. Okay. Um and the promoter comes over, like four or five. So people the gig is tanking. Tanking so hard. And you're not on the gig. I'm not even on. I'm Beautiful. just there having the free shot. How good is it like 
um, when you're watching a gig and something's crazy is happening, but you're not, you're yeah. not on. You're like, I've, I've, I don't have any stake in this. There's no dog Beautiful. in this fight. Uh, and the promoter runs over and she's like, Rory, can you just get on, please? Like, I need you to get on. I need someone to do something. Like, Tommy Little's headlining, but like, he's not here yet. And we've only got one more act and like, it, it sucks. Just Can you just get on? And I'm like, fucking let's go. Like so ready. Okay. You know when you know when you just like you know when you're maggot and someone suggests an idea and for some reason you just hell around it. Also, yeah, it's like uh when you're like fucked up and someone's like, We need you, it's like of course you fucking do. I am the man. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of a sudden someone's put a cape on you yeah. and you're like, I'm ready to save the day. By the way, the worst energy to a, to head into any task. Mm. I am God's gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, my ego is through the roof. Like my ego and my blood level of alcohol are probably at the same height. Nice. Yeah, a solid two. Yep. And um, I get up, and it's one of those mo- like it's one of those moments. You've probably had it once or twice when you've been gigging. You know when you just like maggot or you're super fucked up, and then you get up again on stage, and someone just says, "Oh, welcome to stage, Billy Darcy," and your brain just goes ding ding. And like you, like you stop slurring, and you like you're up. And, oh yeah, and like, you just like like you're fucking ready. Yeah, you know, the, like the bell's gone. Yeah, it it like almost sobers you up in a way. Yeah, and so I'm up there, and my strategy was to just fucking rinse everyone in the whole room, like rinse all the acts that just been on, rinse all the bartenders, rinse all of the 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 members of the audience, and it has just turned this gig on fire, and like. People are dying laughing. There's like a there's like a very chaos in the room. Yeah, there's a cute like cute old couple with matching Hawaiian shirts and hats on, and it's just like it's like so cute. But I I don't see it as cute. I'm like, look at you two fucking still getting pussy together. You know, like just like just rinsing and going hard. Um, I like I like blackout five minutes in. I don't remember what I say. So how long do you do? I do. 35 <laughs> to 45 oh minutes. Oh, my God. I imagine Tommy Little's in the back going, I want to kill this boy. <laughs> Tommy Little is in the back of the room. He's supposed to be headlining this thing. He's supposed to be getting paid Mate. like a decent amount of money to do this kick. And I'm so maggot, I can't see past the edge of the microphone. So and do you reckon they're lighting you? I 100% know that they're lighting okay. me. Because when I got off, I was told we were lighting you for ages yeah we were throwing our arms up at the point at one point one of the other comedians yelled your name and apparently i just went guys please calm (laughs) down i know i'm killing it there's no need to yell my name out it's the worst feeling when you get off and you're like how long did i do and they're like 27 minutes and you're like oh boy it was one of those things like you know when you start like rinsing someone for looking like something and then you're like oh sorry for rinsing you man like this guy looked like a cop i was like look at you you fucking so sad man you out here you're a cop like i know you're a cop look at you undercover and you can't do anything because I've already taken all my drugs like they're in my system not illegal to be on them fuck you anyway man what do you do and he's like I'm a cop oh. and it's just like boom yeah. like the room explodes people love that shit yeah do you know what people love more than any more than the best stand up comedy on the planet they love someone guessing something correctly yeah if you go oh look at this guy he's, he's probably you probably work in accounting he's like I'm the head of accounting crap people are falling out yeah. of their chairs like, that how shit. does he do this he's a fucking genius he's yeah. a genius <laughs> Um, so so I, you get off Tommy, uh, Tommy Little serious. So I get off. I, I'm on Tommy Little's side massively. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Little's there. I'm like, oh, hey, Tommy. 
didn't know you were on this gig. Fully Aww. knew it was on, but like was so maggot now that I'd forgotten everything. Um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, man, I was I was gonna I was gonna get on next." And I'm like, "Man, they're hot. You're gonna crush it." <laughs> does, <laughs> just, does he does he go on? Just sit down. And he's like, "Nah, man, I'm not gonna get on." I'm like, "Why are you not gonna get on?" And he just goes, "Yeah, I was supposed to be on about 35 minutes ago." <laughs> Did he still get paid though? Oh, he still get paid. I oh. didn't get paid, but I was like, I'm gonna keep drinking, mate. That's awesome. Uh, that's a win for Tommy Little. Yeah, win for Tommy. Win for me. Me and Tommy, are good friends. So we just kind of sat down and had shots together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We had a good giggle about it. Like to be honest, by the end of it, he was like, "Man, thank you. I actually fucking hell didn't want to do that gig. That room looked fucked." Yeah, that's fucking awesome, dude. But mate, yeah. Well, speaking of this, this sort of vibes into the next question, I suppose, because you're quite rock and roll with comedy, which I actually appreciate about you. I think it's. I think it's. You're like when you're a gigging, yeah. You're like there to have fun and yeah. gig, yeah. I which I which fun. I love. I think it's, I think it's I think it's needed. Like people kind of like, dude, we all kind of die hell soon. Like I really like I'm, <laughs> you know. You okay, know okay, 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 okay. <laughs> we don't need to get existential. It's no, like- but like, not existential. But like everything's fucked. You know, like the banks are closing, Russia's coming, AI's taking over. Like like ev- like everything. Everything's fucked. Like, so if I can't have fun in the thing that I love, there's no point in anything. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I, I like that about you when we're like at a gig and you're like, let's do a tequila shot. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's fucking do a tequila shot. Like, some, it just makes it fun. Yeah, you just, you know? I just, I want energy. And like, if I, if I get up on stage and I'm like, oh, hey guys, like, you know, like everything's, everything's fucked. Like, you know, how, how, like what's the deal with traffic? It sucks. And it's like, nah, dude, I'm going to get some shots in. I'm going to smoke a little bit. Like yeah. we got a high five. I'm going to get up there and be like, dude, we had a crazy weekend. This is what happened, man. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause when I first got into comedy, I thought it would be way more rock and roll than it is. Yeah. I thought people would just be doing drugs and carrying on and shit. I think one of the good things about like COVID destroyed all of the Sydney comedy rooms, rest in peace to all, all the, all the great rooms. But, um, but all the rooms that are now, it's like most of the scene is like unpaid weekend spots. Yeah. Like a lot of it. Yeah. And I actually love it now because like now it's like, yeah, you're like having like a few beers, a couple of shots, maybe blazing a bit, like sort of fucking around a bit more on stage. Obviously, if you're getting paid or whatever, you know, you sort of turn up a bit more professional. But I love it. Like me and Rowan will like smoke a bit and have like five beers and do like the East Sydney Hotel and like try new bits. Yeah. And it's like, it's just doing stand up just for the absolute fuck around fun of it. Oh man, like literally like last night at the at the Bondi one, I was like, oh man, like I should have wrote some new jokes like to do for this thing. Like I want to do, like I wanted to do some jokes about the fucking submarine thing. And I was like, man, fuck it, I will. Like I've got nothing written. So like I got up there and I was like, let's talk about the submarine. You know, and then people are like, ooh, and then you just gauge the reaction, and then you're like, all right, let's go in. But I've had a couple of glasses of red. I'm passionate about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, Pat's not paying me. I don't give a fuck if I bomb. Like, yeah, my hand's in my pocket while yeah, we're doing yeah. it. Like, let's let's go. And you but, get to play around. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I was doing this gig um, where it was like a, like two, it was like two shows. It was like fucking ages ago. But, um... It was like, I love like Saturdays where it's like an early show and a late show. And like, yeah. you're sort of like, because like, I think if you roll into comedy with like six beers under your belt, it can be a bit touch and go for me. Like, I would never really have more than like three beers before a spot. Yeah. I love like a, a full bottle of rosé. A full bottle of rosé. So I, pro- I probably would have like two glasses. Yeah. But um, but like the funnest thing to me is when you roll in with like two or three beers under your belt. But then like, especially if you're hosting... And you get drunk throughout the night, yeah. Because then, and then you're then you're in the pocket the whole time, yeah. And especially the crowds getting drunk with you, 
and it's so fun. And then like this one show, I wasn't hosting, but we were just having the funnest Saturday night. And then like in like the break of the second show, we all just started blazing out the back. And then yeah. like everyone on the second half, we just all went out like so blazed to this packed crowd. Six beers on our belt and everyone's just ripping, dude. Everyone's just fucking ripping. I love it. Man. And I was like, this is the fucking funnest thing ever. It's so much, so good. And like when the, when and- the crowd gets in with you, you know, and they're like, yeah, we're getting involved. Like I had... I had this, uh... but I think that there's more of that post COVID because there's all these weekend rooms. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's and it's just, really fun. It's loose. It's you know, it's, it's untamed. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's it is. It's untamed. It's untamed. Okay, um, but the like I had I had one a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. I was like, oh, you know, like we'll get a bag in. Like I'm hosting. Like we'll get Bra- a ba- brackets untamed. Yeah, brackets <laughs> untamed. Um, the book is like, are you coked out of your mind? It's like, dude, I'm untamed. Yeah. <laughs> This one, this one was at Skinner's. I was like, "Yeah, look, look, we'll get a bag in." Um, so, odd one, uh, uh, Mrs. goes out and picks it up from the car uh, while I'm on stage. You know, I hit the brake. I'm like sick. Like, yo, me Skinner, let's go a little do a little razzle dazzle. So, we go in, hit it, uh, come back, give it to to Tara, my girlfriend, and she goes in the bathroom. She goes back. She goes, "Guys, this is sugar," and we're like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "This is." This is sh- like it's a bag full of sugar. There's n- there's no. Oh really? Yeah. There's, oh, like, you got you got done, mate. Yeah, we got absolutely raw. We bought two as well, so we got oh, we spent. No. Yeah, dude. So we spent seven hundred on fucking equals. Well, at least fucking, <laughs> at least your missus has the wherewithal. Yeah, I did a to- whole I did a whole thing, and I didn't even <laughs> notice. I was like, fuck, dude, the energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that speaks to how much money over the years you've probably wasted and not known it. 100%. You're just doing baking soda, going, yeah. best okay. weekend yeah. of my life. Just pl- I'm just doing placebo bag. Yeah, you're just doing placebo bag in Perth, going, I run this town. Yeah. That's why every bag I do is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like furious, you know, because obviously we just What's- dropped like almost a stack on fucking sugar. And I, I, it's in the break. Of the, of the fucking the MC the MC show that I'm doing. So also, I'm like, now you've got the embarrassment as well. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, we have a new bit. We have to talk. We have to tell everyone in this room what just happened because it's fucking hilarious to everyone except for me. Yeah. So tell the whole story, introduce the next act. As I introduce the next act, I walk off stage. This dude just like kind of taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, man, like, did that really just happen to you? I'm like, yeah, dude, like legit, like, look. And he's like, man, that's fucked. I can't believe, like you, like you come to this country and that's how people treat you. Oh wow! And I'm like, okay. Oh. I'm like, okay. Start, start the rally, brother. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy's like, <laughs> this is not the type of his, like you know. And he's also like, Bob Rowe, like you come here and like he's like, oh, okay, all right, we're feeling some yeah, of the dots dude. here. He's like, he's fully woggy, like he's got like a bum bag, and he's like, man, don't worry, I fucking got you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you stay here, bro. And like, he just leaves. And about five minutes later, he comes back with a fresh bag. And is like, there you go, bro. We can't let your first time in Australia be like this. Oh, he thinks you're visiting. He thinks I'm visiting. Oh, Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, and for your audience who don't know, I've lived here for 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> dude, so... <laughs> and I'm also, like, what about the hospitality of this man? Yeah, I know. Dude, if some random pommy guy got sold two bags of sugar, do you know what I'd say? Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> okay, I'm not I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Cop that cunt. Get out in the... Why aren't you doing your farm work, you know? Oh, dude, I was I was like blown away. This I was, guy's a legend. Yeah, it's like there's tears in my eyes. I'm like, yeah. I'm so emotional. Like, I feel like I've just watched a Disney you, you film. You've got the Australian flag like draped over you. Yeah. You're like, this is what it's... Where we came over on the boat, they told us it would be like this. Yeah, dude, fucking... <laughs> Gert by sea, yeah, baby. Gert, Gert by, by sea. sea. 
And so I'm like, man, thank you so much. Like, how much do I owe you? And he goes, don't worry Yo, about it. What? He's like, don't worry about it. the nicest guy ever. Yeah. He's like, you're very funny. I can't let that happen to you. Like, like, here you go, just have it. I'm like, dude, you're an actual fucking legend. This is amazing. He's like, man, don't worry about it. I've actually got another one in the car. I'll give you another one after the show. I'm like, what the, this, this is So insane. this guy, he, he deals cocaine. That's I what's happened. I here. assume so. Okay, so I, a, a yeah. friendly cocaine dealer yeah. has missed, he thinks you've just visiting, doing gigs. Yeah. And you've been done with this sugar. And he's out the front in his Toyota Yaris. He's oh, got- no. It is, it, it is a Mercedes, okay. like, okay. C-class fucking convertible. So, we're coupe. really coloring in the dots on yeah. this one. Yeah. And so, he hits me with one. I'm like, after the show, he's like, I'll hit you another one. I'm like, crazy, dude, whatever. Like, so, after the show, he comes back over. He's like, you know, I'm like, dude, I can't believe it. Like, Thank you so much. We're about to go watch Georgie Carroll at the comedy store. Like, let me come come with us, come watch another show, and like, I'll get us some drinks and say thank you and stuff. And he's like, Oh man, that's so nice, no problems, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll drive us there. I'm like, You're gonna drive oh, us there? As well? Okay, very good. But I see, hang on, yeah. And I'm like, Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on it now. So I'm like, Hell yeah, drive us there, dude. Yeah, yeah. So we get in this fucking like 300 grand Mercedes with him, his sister, my girlfriend, me. Right in this like two door coupe, like me, me and Tara sat in the back. We roll up to the comedy store. We get out. As we get out, he goes, "Oh man, there you go." You're kidding. What is hits? What is going on? Hits me with another one, dude. Dude, it, are you about to have a fucking heart attack? Yeah, I know. He hits me with another one. He's like, "There you go, bro." I'm like, "You're hang, a fucking hang on a minute, legend." I'm, dude. I'm getting suspicious. Is he gonna turn around and be like, "It'll be fucking one large brother"? Well, this is the thing I'm feeling as well because I'm like, "All right, now, like, now what? Do I do I need to go drop a package?" Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, this is getting. This- I'm thinking maybe a couple more Mercedes rock up out the front. Yeah. Few boys pile out saying, "Hey, brother, you enjoy that stuff? Yeah, yeah, you having a good time, huh? Yeah, it doesn't grow on fucking trees, does it? You stupid pom, hey? No, see, I didn't see it like a threat. I, I, I saw it more as like he's gonna blindside me and ask for a favor that's probably gonna end me up in jail. Dude, this is like fucking underbelly razor. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I thought, but also at the same time, I'm like, yo, right now, free bag. So uh, we doubled up, right? We got one in each pocket. Oh my, front back. God, Let's you go. must be fucking unbearable at the comedy store at this point oh dude it's <laughs> it's so amazing we walk if in if i'm co- the comedy store bartender i'm going for fuck's sake rory low post crush with a bag in each pocket mate i'm fucking sounding the alarms mate we haven't even got to it yet. i imagine you're, you're smiling like the fucking joker <laughs> just it gets better dude we walk in the comedy store i'm like hey hugh how's it doing? Like, oh hey man how you doing i was like oh just come and watch georgie you know it's like me girlfriend a couple of my mates he's like yeah man no problems dude go on through just find some seats i'm like so we walk in as we sit down uh i, I say to the dude still still haven't got his name yet i'm like like yeah he doesn't want to give it to yeah, you brother dude, i don't want it. i don't want him to know mine I like i don't want any information exchanged i'm like hey man you want to get some drinks i'll get you some drinks he's like nah Bro, okay. I'll get us some drinks, dude. Okay. I'll get us some dude, drinks. Dude, honestly, I am not vibing this anymore. Oh. This is like too nice. Yeah, dude. It's, he's so nice. Like, he's with his sister. Like, like his sister. What's the vibe on the sister? Sister's very quiet, very timid, very young. I think she's like 19. I think like it's one of her first times kind of doing stuff with her brother. I think they're out like having a fun little thing, a little wholesome moment, and he just can't have one because he's obviously an absolute fucking loose unit. Okay. And so he goes to the bar, right? And I'm sat in the seat. And from my seat, I can see through that little window that they have at the bar. You know, so you can kind of see to the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a little window. Everything else is blacked out, and there's that little window, so you can kind of see where the bar is, like through the bar. And I just kind of see him, 
on the other side of the bar, just getting pretty aggro. Like, and he's oh. like, kind of like he's like, the arms are being thrown up in the air. He's got like, a bit of extra Italian in the forearms yeah, there's going. Something, there's something, there's some sort and, and of altercation this, going on right now. Also, this is crap when you bring someone yeah. to something and then they're a dick to one of your yeah. mates. And I'm like, oh no. Especially okay. Hugh's a fucking legend. Yeah. So this is this is bad news bear. Yeah, so I'm like, oh no, I've obviously brought the wrong fucking person in here. I probably should have picked up on all the signs. Yeah. All of a sudden, really starts kind of kicking off. And I just see the bouncers come over and just grab him. And that's the last time I see this guy. What about the sister? Did she leave? The sister, about 20 minutes later, because like I've clocked all of this and the sister's like, I wonder what's happening. I'm like, I got no idea what's happening at all. And she's like, oh, I've got a message. Oh, he's outside. I think he's been kicked out. And she's like, I guess we'll see you later. And then they just left. And I never saw them again. Did you talk to Hugh? What was it about? Um, I was like, I don't even want. I would have done the same. I, I was like, I'm just, like... I'm just gonna put my ha- like hands up. Like, I-, I went around the back, hung out with Georgie after a show, great show, and then just left through the fire exit. It's one of those things. Why, why make a bigger deal of it? This yeah. guy's obviously unhinged. Yeah, and you want to be like, man, that guy. I never even fucking met that guy in my life, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. And just like it was one of those things. Like, wait, couple of cheekies. Thank you very much. Lifted the gig. Tried to be nice. You got kicked out. Sorry, mate. Um, you're a legend, but. Can't be associated. Yeah. God damn it. That, that's so annoying when you bring someone somewhere. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's, I feel Dude, like, that's wild though. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, and so, I mean, clean and clear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is kind of a happy ending. Dude, Jay-Z, brush, brush your shoulders off. Yeah. We're out there, dude. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that felt like it was taking like an ominous turn. No, that's it, it felt like it was going to go that way kind of like progressively go that way all night and then all of a sudden it was just home free baby dude that's fucking crazy yeah i love it i just want to check the time um yeah we'll go like another 10 minutes or something i just want to ask you quickly um while we're on this sort of party party stuff so like you got to open for bert kreischer overseas i remember seeing these i swear to god i did a gig with you in like fucking sydney or some shit and then like two days later you're in like a matching tracksuit with Bert Kreischer <laughs> on a private jet. Yeah. So explain to me how that happened. Okay. And and then also explain to me like just give us a bit of a vibe on like what what that was like, how many shows you did, like what what what's what it's like before and after the show because obviously you hear like Bert Kreischer is like the party guy. Dude, Bert is Bert is the king. He's beautiful. He's lovely. He's exactly what you think he would be. He's a fucking animal. He is he is the machine, and he's so generous and so kind and so beautiful, and so lovely and very funny. So what happened? You opened for him in Perth years ago. Yeah, I opened up for him in Perth uh, in 2017. Uh, like I was still at uni, and the gig was at my uni theater, and I think it was like 600 people, right? And that went really well. Uh, and so when he came back in 2019, um, they hit me up again. They were like, oh, Bert remembers you from the last time. Do you want to do Perth and Brisbane? I was like, hell yeah, man. would love to. Um, well, actually, they said, do you want to do Perth? And I was like, oh, I'm actually in every city that he's in, but just serendipitously at the same time. Nice. They're like, all right, do you want to do a couple extra? I was like, yeah, I would love him. And so we did three shows in Perth at the Astor Theatre and then three- He did sh- three Astor Theatres. Three- so he went from 600 to 3,000. This is probably after that machine story went crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, and then from there, we went to Brisbane. We did the Tivoli and we did that three times as well, which was sick. Uh, and then last, the very last night of that, I was, I'd looked up all of his tour dates in America 
and I was like, oh, in November, he's in like California. Uh, and I was like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to be in California. <laughs> Were you in California? No. Mate, this is, this is Hustleet. I love this. Yeah, and I was like, look, I'm going to be in California like around this time. Can I jump on the, on, the, on the bus with you and come on tour? And he was like, yeah, man, of course. I just can't get you on Rogan. I was like, what? <laughs> and he I, talks about Rogan incessantly. Well, I think in America, so many people are like, they want to get on that, that they try anything they possibly can. But why the fuck would you be on Joe Rogan? That's, that's, what I, that's crazy. Well, that's what I said to him. I was like, man, look, I have nothing to say to Rogan and he, he has nothing to ask me. No one gives a shit. When I get on Rogan, I'll get on because I got on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, that's the fucking attitude of love, man. Hey, Siri, send an email to management. Bring Robbie Law to America. We're going to make him a million dollars. Send. That's what he sent. I have the email still on Dude, my that's thing. that's sick. Yeah, big vibes. Um, so I go through this whole rigmarole with the management that I have at the time who sucked, who kind of fucked everything up. Um, I had dates organized. Uh, Do you have to get a special visa or something? Yeah, well, I think I think that was kind of the issue. Like my, my management were trying to get me a visa, but then they figured out how expensive it was and they said they were going to pay for it. And then they were like, well, we don't want to pay for it now. And they'd been talking to his management to tee everything up. So we had dates. Everything was kind of organized. And then about two months out, everything just fell flat. My management were like, we're not doing this. We think it's a terrible idea for you to go over there without like a proper visa. And I was like, you think this is a terrible idea? Me going over there and opening for this guy. How about you shut the fuck up? What are we looking at at this point as well? Like 5,000 seaters? Uh, we, we were doing four, yeah, 4,000. Yeah. And so yeah, this like, is a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Fuck hell. And um, the, where we were doing was, um, Fresno, which is like North, like, like LA, North LA, uh, Reno, just outside of Nevada and Vegas. And I'm cool. like, oh yeah, terrible idea. Go to the, go, go do a gig at the Mirage in Vegas with the machine. Yeah. Terrible idea. How about suck my big fat dick? You dropped. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, and Tell me who that was after. I will. Um, and so I had no like communication with anyone anymore. And I was like, man, this is fucked. It's like two days until I'm supposed to be on this thing. I can't get a reply from anyone. Uh, can't and- you just go over and do the gigs for free? That's what I would have done. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I couldn't even get in touch with his management anymore. Also, mate, Bird can just give you a stack out the back. Yeah. He- no. He's fucking rolling with the heaviest pockets around and like i couldn't get a hold of his management they weren't replying to my emails my management like weren't replying to my emails so i was like oh this whole opportunity is fucked i can't get it on uh and out of the blue isaac butterfield rang me one day uh and when in doubt calling the butt smart yeah yeah and he, he i was ch- chatting with him and i was like man i've got this problem like you, you might be able to help me out a little bit with more like I, I don't know what's going on and he's like why don't you just fucking dm him just hit him up on instagram like, does he follow you? I was like, yeah, he follows me. I was like, just message him. So Get in I, that primary. You're in the primary inbox if yeah. he follows you. Yeah. So I, I messaged him and I was like, hey, man, like, do you still want me to open up for you tomorrow? Because that's when <laughs> that's when the gig was. And he's like- Are you in Australia? I'm in Perth. Oh, wow. And he's like- What's LA to Perth? Are you going to go via Sydney? Uh, I think it's 15 hours or 16 hours, maybe, yeah, via Sydney, maybe 20 hours. Yeah, because it's 14 from Sydney. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, about 20 hours. Uh, and he's like, yeah, man, would love that. Uh, here's my assistant's number. Message him where you are and we'll pick you up uh, in the morning. Have and, you got a flight booked? And I, I don't have a flight booked. I don't have any booked. What the fuck, dude? I'm like, all right. I mean, Butterfield. Great call. Yeah, great call. Great, great call. call. And so I'm like, boom, flight center right now. Uh, I need to go to LA uh, now. 
Tell, uh, tell, give me the number. What, what are we looking at? Uh, it was only 1,500. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, 1,500. Boom. On the uh, on the plane, because of the time difference. No, I, you, you gain a day. I gain a day. So you, you land today. Yeah. So I landed the same day that I... The, I landed half an hour before I left. Yeah. But then on, when you come back, you fly out on like a Wednesday and land on Friday. Yeah. 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 And so when I was like, oh, tomorrow, it was tomorrow for me. But for them, it was two days. So now, wait, so you were flying to LA tomorrow and you don't have a flight and now you're somehow early. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. And so I fly over. I have maybe like 60 bucks left. Like, so I'm in America with $60. Um, uh, I Mate, sp- at this point, I'm calling Combank saying, get it, cut me a platinum credit, whatever the fuck. <laughs> let's, let's have it. Yeah. I'm so fucking broke. And I get there. I got to spend $20 on a... a in, in a backpackers for the first night. Yep. Um, someone steals a pair of shoes and my sunglasses off me while I'm asleep. Uh, oh, and Jesus I, Christ. I wake up in the morning to a message that's just like, hey man, what is your, uh, what hotel are you at? We will send a car around and it'll take you to LAX and we'll fly to Fresno. I'm like, all right. Uh, Googling closest five-star hotels because I don't want them to pick me up from Hollywood Boulevard Walk of Fame Hostel. Yep, the Banana Bungalow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little bit further down than that one, yeah, but yeah. I have stayed there. I've before. stayed there. Yeah. yeah, I love the bungalow. Yeah, dude. yeah. It was big vibe, and um, and so I walk like two miles with a suitcase to like this, and you f- stand outside like a Western. Yeah, yeah. And I, I walk in, and the the concierge is like, um, uh, "Can we help you there? So you're checking in?" I'm like, "No, just getting picked up, mate." And then this fucking big black Escalade comes through. Uh, like, sir, Rory, how you doing? La-di-da, picks up my bag, puts it in the thing, drives me to the airport, put me on a plane, fly me to Fresno. Um, and I land, someone picks me up, drives me to the tour bus. This is crazy. Uh, and then I'm on stage literally about an hour after that. And and is it, you're not the only opener, right? No, there's two other openers, but I'm on first. Yeah. Uh, Tough gig opening these big theaters when a lot of the times the crowd is still walking in. Yeah. Well, I, he's very good at this. He doesn't do that. He kind of like waits for everyone to come oh, in and get seated. Him. And he pushes it back until everyone's kind of in. Mate, what a legend. Because I've yeah. seen some people just eating a dick to like 3,000 people. Yeah. And everyone's still talking and stuff. And yeah. it's like, it's not like music. You can't no. just have the opening band just playing. No. Like, no. It, uh, it, it, like the way he looked after it all was really good. And so get up. Uh, I had the first, I had a joke because they were like, look, we're going to bring you on to, I came from a land down under. And I'm like, oh, so you guys think I'm Australian because you met me in Australia, but I'm not, I'm English. So now I have to write a joke as an English guy who is supposed to be Australian coming to America. And I have to address the fact that I'm coming out to fucking Vegemite sandwich. Okay. I wouldn't, I would have just gone, fuck all that noise. I'm giving them the, the hits. Well, I, like, I can't, so you're going to now, you're going to open this 5,000 seater with a joke you just thought of. Yeah. And cause they're what? like, we're going to bring you on. It's like Australian, like coming over. We flew him out. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. So you're making a big deal of this. And I can't be like, oh, no, don't do that. I can't be precious about the situation. Like, yeah, you introduce me however the fuck you want to introduce me. Yep. 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 And so now I'm freaking out. And I'm like, all right, I have to write a joke. So I wrote a joke. And I'm, it's me, uh, Dave Williams, lovely guy, uh, and um, uh, Jesus Trejo, who's a Mexican guy who's very, very I know, funny. I know of Jesus, yeah. yeah. Um, and so 
I'm like, Jesus, look, I've who I didn't know the H was J, so I've been calling him Jesus for the last like hour and a half. Hilarious. And and I'm like, hey Jesus, look, I've got this joke and I need to know what you think about it because it's about Mexicans. Uh and Okay, hang on a minute. So land down under Pommy guy coming from Australia, you've gone, I've got to torch Mexicans. Yeah. That's my only way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's either them or me. <laughs> Great to see the cogs of the Roy Lowe creative process. Yeah, this is how it <laughs> and so the joke the joke was, um, oh, I just got into America today. I love America. Fucking boom, the room explodes. Freedom. Like immediately. Yeah, shots, yeah, shots, shots going off. Bald eagles. Yosemite Sam. Um, and so I'm telling Jesus a joke. I'm like, this is a joke. Look, I just got into America. I love America. Don't like the airport, though. Right? I got here. They had a lot of questions. They were like, hey, we got some questions. We need to see your passport. We need to see your papers. And I'm like, actually, I have some questions. Aren't you Mexican? And that, that Can I big- get... I want to see your papers. <laughs> oh, really? I want to see your passport. You know? Like, you, you should be welcoming me in, bro. You should be like, underlay, underlay, get in through. Oh, my God. Because like I'm pretty certain uh, Trump was was in charge at this time. I'm quite certain Trump. It would be 2019. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been Trump. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so you know there was the wall was being built and everything. Oh, hot button stuff. It was hot button stuff. And I was like having a Mexican work at the American border. It's like having a Jew work at Auschwitz. And Jesus so, Christ, dude. So I say <laughs> swinging so wild, yeah, dude. So so I say this to Jesus, and he's like, I don't like it. Okay. He's like, I don't like it. I don't think it's going to work at all. Write another joke. I'm like, man, we have wow. 10 minutes before I'm on stage. This again, is all I've got. Again, I reject the premise. You need some special opening joke. I don't think... I reckon you just get him... Give him the beers off the rip. But, so, but you've got it in your head so now. It's in hey? my head now. I've yep. got to do it. Like, I need, they Jesus need... has just canned the yeah, first one. Yeah, Jesus is not coming back for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Do you get... think if you pronounced his name correctly, he would have been more receptive? I, I think he would have. I think he would have. <laughs> hey, Jesus, I've got this anti-Mexican joke. Could I just run it past you? <laughs> <laughs> just so disrespectful on so many levels. But obviously, it's not really disrespectful towards Mexicans. It's disrespectful to, like, the fact that America is, like... A we Nazi... don't have to analyze it. Yeah, anyway... But I get up there, I do the joke. I'm like, oh, so you just go, fuck, yeah. fuck you, Jesus. Yeah, fuck you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, hit the bricks. Yeah. You should be working at the airport anyway, yeah. brother. Yeah, bros. <laughs> I'm fucking, yeah, dude, I'm atheist in this bitch. Let's yeah. go. And so I get up there, I'm like, I love America. <laughs> but I hate the airport. <laughs> we all hate the airport, yeah. Good, relatable stuff. You know? Uh, and then I do the Mexican bit, and you just hear, like, it's this beautiful sound of, like, 3,000 people figuring out whether or not I'm allowed to make this joke. And I think because Jeffries was at the height of his fame as well at the same time, they were like, oh, another little scallywag Australian coming out here saying crazy shit. And so I premised, like I had that whole joke and then I was just going to go into, I'm going to do some little test jokes. Yeah, yeah, do the testers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I usually do. And so that's how I usually open the thing. So I finish a joke and then I go, oh, I'm just going to do some tester jokes. They thought as an audience that that first joke was my tester joke because of the way I, because I was so nervous, the rhythm kind of didn't work and I'd said it too fast. They burst out laughing because they thought I was like, hey, I'm just going to do some tester jokes. Hey, Jew Nazi American Mexican. Yeah, right. So, and they so were at like, this point, they're boom. like, they're like, this guy's reckless, dude. Yeah, and so then it exploded. And then I just went into my bits and I was like, well, that's how I'm opening every show now. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then so when do you get on the PJ? Take me to the, um, take me to the fucking, so hang on, hang on. All right. 
We, uh, we'll do. We'll f- finish this up in a sec. But yeah. um, so we do Fresno. Fresno goes great. Fresno me, goes firstly, great. Firstly, give me two things. I want how we get in the matching tracksuits on the PJ. Yeah. And then also, give me like, what's it like post Bert Kreischer show? Like, what do you guys get up to? Are okay. you guys all just doing what? Like smoking weed and doing mushrooms and shit? Like, <laughs> like what's going on back there, dude? So, so um, we're all drinking. Like, we're all drinking. Yeah. So we get there because we- he he doesn't get fucked up before though, does he? Not like proper. He'll have a couple. Yeah, yeah. He'll have a couple, but he drinks. He drinks double double vodka sodas. Yeah. And he drinks like, he takes like two on a stage with him. So he drinks like four, four drinks just like while he's on stage. Yeah. And then he comes up and he's always like double hold and double vodkas. So and he's like constantly got four drinks. In his when hand. you're touring around, is he, he drinks during the day as well, hey? Uh, sometimes. He's very, he does a lot of exercise as well, though, man. So like, yeah. you know, um, so basically we finish the show, we get on the tour bus. Um, we start driving to the next city immediately. As soon as oh, the day. So okay. we dr- yep. we, the bus driver drives us through the night. We sleep on the bus. And just do you guys party on the bus? Yeah, yeah, we're just drinking a party and talking shit and just like you know fooling around, pushing each other over and like doing push-up competitions and like oh, just lads, dude, yeah, lads, yeah, hey? just because there's no women on the bus. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no women allowed on the bus. There's no like, dude, I tell you, I'll, I'll say this about women. Why don't you guys get around a fucking push-up contest every now and then? <laughs> <laughs> little bit of uh, what is it? The the little jundi uh, like a like a uh, bung arrow pull. Have you ever done that? A what? Like uh, so, it's like they, they used to do this on the mines. When we do tours in the mines, um, they'd get like an hockey strap, like a uh, like oh you, yeah, you know you'd like I know an hockey strap. Yeah, you yeah. get an hockey strap. I'm and, seeing where this is going. And you put it on the back of your neck, on the back of your head, and the other guy would put it on the back of his head, and you'd have like a tug of war, like you were both iguanas, like you were bangaris, and you just try and pull each other over the line. And anyway, they're not allowed to do it anymore because of HNS. But yeah, it sounds uh, like a fucking nightmare for HNS. Yeah, like very fun eyes, though. Yeah. People are hyped about it. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, we drive through the night. We're drinking all night, partying, sleep on the bus. There's six beds on the bus plus a bedroom for Bert. So it's a huge thing. Got a button. The wall moves out. Big TV, PlayStation, loads of booze, whatever you want. Weed, uh, all good. Just can't smoke it on the bus. Uh, so would you would you pull over to Blaze? Yeah, yeah. Yes, whenever, yeah. whenever we whenever we'd stop hard smoke, and so we went from there Fresno to Reno. Uh, we get to Reno, we get there pretty early in the morning. We don't know what to do, so Bert's like, "Let's go shop." So Bert takes us all shopping, buys us all two tra- matching tracksuits each for the whole squad. So he like it's like me, the two other openers, Bert, bus driver, uh, manager, uh, videographer. Uh, and a, a couple of other people. So there's like nine tracksuits nice. that have all been bought that are matching twice and a pair of shoes. Uh, so we've Ooh. all got matching shoes, matching tracksuits. And we're and, like, and also, this is crazy. Like, he's probably like five times as wealthy now as he was then. Yeah. Dude, this guy's out of control, dude. Yeah. Because I listened to his podcast from when he was just doing comedy clubs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's crazy to see. Like, I, I idolize very much this side of him as well. Like, like the, the, generosity the generosity and yeah. just like I think it's a very important thing like when I took Alex on tour I was like you don't pay for food you don't pay for drinks you don't pay for flights oh, okay don't well don't tell Rowan that fuck <laughs> it <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> like when I, I took I took um, Alex on tour and it cost me I think around about 10 grand just to take him yeah I pay for some of Rowan's stuff but I like not all of it yeah no I, I, I made obviously sure I, but you, you're, I think Alex made more than me on, that. <laughs> on my tour <laughs> nice. um, um, anyway so, go from Fresno uh, we've all got the tracksuits. Oh, yeah, so you do the Fresno do show Fresno, in the yeah. tracksuits? Uh, yeah, it's the first time we do it nice. in the tracksuits. And then uh, we've always got other tracksuits for Vegas the next night. Yeah. So we get to Vegas. Um, 
We like the show in Vegas isn't until 10 p.m. It's too late. I hate it when you got a late show and you got nothing to do during the day. Oh, we had plenty to do. Yeah, right. Like, like uh, there was a, we bumped into another couple of comics at the casino. Who was it? Uh, a guy called Jeff Die and his friends. Yeah, I know Jeff. Yeah. I know of Jeff Die. I should yeah. say. So That's I got- podcasting for you. I literally think I know Jeff Die. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> He's a very nice guy. Um, and so yeah, go go do the thing with him. Uh, and he's like, hey man, we're gonna go top golf. You guys want to come top golf? I'm like, fuck yeah! All about everything right now. Let's go top golf. He's like, cool, come with us. I'm doing the Jimmy Kimmel uh, club like uh, later on. You guys want to come down? I'm like, yep, yeah, I want to come down, dude. No one else is bothered. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Do you get to yeah. pop on for a little seven? So uh, we get to top golf. Uh, his mate Randy has got probably some of the strongest like fucking bag that I've ever done. Okay, right? well. Keeping in mind, you traditionally do sugar. Yeah, yeah. So this, this is stuff true. must be blowing your fucking yeah, head off. Yeah, this is this is this is top quality sugar. This stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, and I didn't know how strong it was going to be. Randy racks them all up. He's like, "Hey, come on, let's do this." Bum, 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 bum. Uh, we do like two or three lines straight off the bat. At oh, like wow. f- Jesus Christ, dude! Five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my um, god! I am immediately off my fucking rocket. Like, yeah, yeah. On a different on a different level. And um, he's like, all right, time to go to Jimmy Kimmel Club. I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm like so butched. You know when you're so butched you can't talk on it? You know when usually you're just like, I'm just talking so much. Yeah. I'm so fucked. I can't speak. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting brought backstage into the Jimmy Kimmel Club. And it's just like- So you're on. No, I'm not even, I'm not on at this oh, moment. I'm just hanging out, just hanging out. Yep. And just chilling in the back room. And like all these comics are just like risen and killing it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, like it, it's uncomfortable when you're too fucked up around new people as well yeah 100% and no one else is at all it's just yeah. me because everyone else can either handle it or isn't on it yeah and so uh, promoter comes back she's like oh Jeff anything we can get you she's like uh, he's like oh yeah actually um, Rory's in town opening for Bert um, can we give him a spot and they're like yeah of course man Rory do you want a spot I'm like yes Yes, yes, please. You've got to do it the spot. Yeah, you've got to do the spot. Um, Here's the thing is, like, I would have to be fucking licking the floor to say no to the spot. Yeah. You've got to do the spot. So I'm doing the spot and, like, I'm pretty certain my eyelids have, like, left my body, you know? Yeah. And I'm doing a spot and the spot's going pretty good. Um, But now I'm, like, I have to do, you know, it's like four or 500 people. It's like, I have to go do- Really? F- yeah, At the yeah. Jimmy Kimmel Club, At the right. Jimmy Kimmel Club in um, Vegas. I think it's more a touristy, like, kind yeah, of, like, vibe yeah. one. And, um, and, and so, how long are you doing? I'm doing 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, thank you very much. Decent time. Awesome. Had a great time. Took some photos. Met some people. Blah, so, blah, blah, it, blah. it went. It went. It went. We Beautiful. were successful in our endeavor. Um, however, then, I'm like, well, now I have to go do 5,000 people at the Mirage. And I have to go hang out with everyone before. And I'm, like... You're still, you're still no good. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not in a, in a way to do this. Um, so I get I get to backstage of the Mirage. We get in the thing. We get Dude, in the this room. is so, such a comedy experience. Like so much of being on the road is getting fucked up and then trying to like not be fucked up for the <laughs> It is <laughs> like it's just like and then like you you end up like it's like how hey, was Brisbane or something like not that I was fucked up with Brisbane but like you know it's like so many gigs where you're like oh got away with that and it's like if you just chilled out a bit during the day. You would have enjoyed yeah. the gig more. Yeah, it's like it's just it's trying to it's just trying to balance your vices with the thing that you like love that makes you happy enough to to disregard 
I would love it if comedy was at 10 a.m. I would love it if you could do comedy at 1 p.m. to put the tools down. No, I reckon I reckon at 7, 8 is like perfect. Yeah. Ten, 10 p.m., that was way too late, yeah. man. Two, t- t- 10 p.m., there's too much time for the yeah. devil to start whispering, oh, you know? Man. And so, like, I'm drunk as well now because I've been drinking because I'm so nervous also, about Also, the drinking's probably helping. Yeah. Bring, bring you down Bring a bit. me down a bit. And so, get to backstage at the Mirage. Bert's there. Everyone's like, hey, Rory, like, how was Top Golf? I'm like, oh, yeah, sick, dude. Like, they're like, oh, okay, but man. Are you feeling better that you've got that spot under your belt? Yeah, yes, kind of. That would make me feel a million times better. Yeah, it's like, well, at least I know I can do this. Uh, and then uh, Bert's like, oh, dude, come come check this out. And I'm like, what? And he's like, boys to men are next door, like in the dressing room next door. So we go meet boys to men. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> dude. Like, definitely not what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like just hanging out You're with boys so fucked up at the garage <laughs> meeting boys to men going, what, what the fuck <laughs> I swear just like freaking out um, get up uh, do do the gig gig goes incredible they put me on third oh yeah so they put me on last of the openers I'm like it's that the, it's the, the first spot. time I've hit that spot like because they put me on first and second and third and I was like amazing did you get to bring Bird on yeah, I got to bring Bird oh, on. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. So a big fucking, like, huge, massive, like, end of the show. We all come out. We're all taking photos, doing all the thing. And I'm like, oh, man, like, this has been such a lovely experience. Like, thank you so much. He's like, man, we're not done yet. He's like, there's a bunch of cash. Go go gamble. He's like, meet us back here in two hours. So we go gamble. We win a bunch of money with his money. He's like, that's yours, man. Keep it all. Like, oh I'm like, God. oh my God, dude, I came here with $40. I'm leaving with more money than I came. Yeah. Um, I haven't paid for a drink. I haven't paid for food. He's bought me shoes. He's bought me a tracksuit. He's giving me money to gamble with. He's like, now we're going to strippers. Now he's giving us money at the strippers. This bitch is coming in with candles on fire and flares, like holding oh, wow. bottles. And they're all pulled, they're dancing up on us. I'm like, this is amazing. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, like, this is sick. I'm like, yeah, it is sick. He's like, you coming to Salt Lake City tomorrow? I'm like, no, I'm not booked, bro. He's like, do you want to? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, it's the last day. Of the, it's the last day of the tour. You got to come. So this is when we get in the PJ. And he's like, fuck it, we're getting the PJ. Yeah, like, yeah, dude. So he's like, in this. Have you got a return flight booked? Uh, yeah, no. And <laughs> this is wild. Still haven't booked. And you haven't had a glass of water in like the four days so far? Yeah, yeah dude, I haven't had a second. Yeah, I haven't had a glass of water, but I've had, <laughs> you've had a bunch of sugar. And so like we're steaming. I'm up all night. I'm up until like 7 a.m. And Bert doesn't do coke, does no, he? No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't mate, do no I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to see him do that. Um, and so they're partying. We're partying all night. The guys like Jeff Dye and Randy come back from their gig. We're all partying all night. I go out with them. We go wherever we fucking go i don't even know and then you know call time to get in the limo at, at 7 a.m so i get in the limo i am a broken man i am a so shit no like, sleep yeah no sleep we've done we've just done vegas we have done vegas how vegas is supposed to we've done we've done vegas uh and they just drive us to the uh the, to, the fucking airport air, well it's not in an airport it's just a strip so it's just a field yeah so you don't have to go through customs some blokes just opens a gate and then you just walk on an airplane sick and so we get on the airplane it flies to salt lake city we land we do the show what was it like on the private jet was it pretty cool oh dude my like phone was just constantly on record i felt like p diddy yeah i was like dude this is it like with i mean it's not i, I know some people say like um oh it's lame to like take photos on private jets or whatever but i don't think it is um, like i think if you've never been on a private jet before you should absolutely take a fucking photo of you on a private jet yeah 
Yeah, like, as if you would it. Oh yeah, I just I it's the first time I ever drove a Ferrari. I'm I'm just gonna keep it to myself. Yeah. Fuck up, dude. Yeah. Like this is a huge like it's a big fucking fun event to be a part of. Like big yeah, time. dude, awesome. I want to remember it. Big Here's time. some like cool. Because I saw that photo them. of you guys on the private jet, like the stairs. Yeah. And I didn't know you were even going to America. So I was like <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure we just did Magic Mike last week. I don't know. <laughs> Was, was that gig an audition for something? Did I blow it? Like, what the fuck is going on? Wow, man. So, yeah, they flew to Salt Lake City. Um, did Salt Lake City, uh, like, you know, another 4,000 people. Um, had, had a great show. And then flew us back. And then your boy checked back into that. that the hostel. That hostel. The banana where, bungalow. Yeah, where my shit got Started stuck. from the bottom. Uh, and then, yeah, flew home. And I think I still had, like, 30 bucks left. Sick. Yeah. Dude, fucking unreal. Yeah, it was top. Well, anyway, mate, we'll wrap it up there, but what a yarn. Um, so when does your tour start? Just give it a little plug. First show is on the 3rd of July in Ballarat, then Bendigo, Melbourne, Brisbane, Gore Coast, Adelaide, Perth, Manjibop, Central Coast, Canberra, Queensland. No. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going fucking everywhere. Whatever. So get around him. What is it? Just RoryLow.com. RoryLow on Instagram. RoryLowComedy.com. RoryLowComedy on everything else. Yep, on Instagram. Link in bio, etc. Mate, that was so fun. Dude, he was fun. Peace out, bros. Nice. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone. Way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Joining me as per the Irish Wolfhound, <laughs> Rowan Arneal. Thank you very much. Mate, great to see you. You, Mate, these Ugg boot slippers you're wearing. I need some, I for sure need some new ones because I've, now one of my toes is coming out. It's all over. Well, it's a slipper. So you've already got the, the, the back end of your foot and your heel exposed, which is fine because that's how the design rolls. Mm. Now... The whole front has come off as well. You've pretty much just got like one <laughs> slim railing of, of fake wool holding this thing to your foot. Well, the city of Sydney's, that's their fault for not maintaining their pathways because that happened on the street. Yeah, you've been walking all over the CBD in these like dilapidated <laughs> Ugg boot slippers. Mate, honestly, and this is this is just off the rip off the top of my head. This is not something... I plan to talk about. <laughs> what are you fucking? I'm just saying that there's no agenda here, brother. No agenda. That's good to hear because sometimes there is a secret agenda that I'm not told about. I would say, I would say, of all the episodes you and me have done, I could only point to two or three that haven't. I haven't come in with a big agenda. <laughs> Where my disappoint, the way I've disappointed you has been just no, no, no. Right no. At- well, you haven't disappointed me, mate. Mate, what's the agenda? No, so. I'm saying today there isn't one. There isn't one. Traditionally, oh. there's always one. Okay, good. Yeah, but not today. But, mate, my only thing is, and this is concern, mate, Ugg boot slippers, you're halfway to a fucking real Ugg boot. I know, but they're so expensive. You know, are like the, they? The real Ugg boot ones, because the Kmart ones are shit. I've tried the Kmart ones. No, you've got to get the real Uggs from the Blue Mountains, mate. Yeah, like- go up there, go <laughs> drive up there yourself, drink some of the water from the creek. All right, maybe they're affordable. I do have a dream of having work boots, normal boots, and Ugg boots. Just three three different types of boots, and that's it. And no other shoes. No other shoes. Just I'm support. My ankles are supported at all times. Here's the thing, mate: is that I see people milling around in these blundies, yeah, and they look bloody good. 
look pretty good. I I put on Marky's RMs the other night and I was like, holy fuck. I need to get out of these skate shoes, bro. I'm going to yeah. die. Dude, Freddie's got a pair of Blundstones and they look pretty sharp. I'm worried that if I get a pair, I'll become a boot guy. Well, I think I should become a boot guy. I'm getting too old for the skate shoes. I'm My hair's receding. i got to take the Vans <laughs> off, bro. Yeah, well, I'm still rocking the Converse. But I don't know. Like, I just think it's it's tough to straddle both worlds. Mm. Not many blokes can do Converse and boots just alternating around. Because they're a different personality, mate. Well, remember, it's just fucking winter. It's so cold. It's so cold. Other- Do you think there's a rule to buy RM Williams you have to have private health insurance? Mate, okay. You need to take RMs off the table. They're on the table. I could treat myself. You c- Do you know how much they are? What are we talking? 400? I think more. More? I think more. Okay. But, I think but it's a lifetime guarantee. 700. 700? I, I could be. For boots? Possibly. Okay, hang on a minute. I, okay. Because <laughs> I, 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 I go in on this whole thing, you know, oh, rich kids and their RM Williams that their dad bought them. I hate them. Mm. I hate them all, okay? Mm. I've been in on this hate train. Mm. I've been hating them with the knowledge that they were $400. Mate, I hope that's... I think they are quite expensive. If they're 700 there's a lot of blokes who Mate, I've come across who've got off lightly. Those North Face jackets that everyone wears, they're like 700 North Face jackets. Those puffer ones that you see around here, they're fucked up, bro. It is, is a it's a legitimate class thing. It's a class war. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought I was sort of one foot in the pool with my real Uggs, but they were about 110. Are, are they only 110? Maybe they're could- very reasonable, mate. <laughs> mate. I could get some Ugg boots. Mate, your self-esteem is so low. You think Ugg boots go for like 600 <laughs> bucks. You're like, ooh, Ugg boots. Ooh, ooh la-dee-da. <laughs> like 180. I don't know. You get a good couple of years out of your Ugg boots as well, mate. But it depends. You've got to wear socks, mate. And you've got to stop taking them on all terrains. See, that's the thing. It's the socks. Yeah. I want to be bare. Oh, they just sweat out too much, dude. Marky went to the Ugg, walked past the Ugg store the other day and asked them if they could fix the bottom of his Ugg. And they're like, we don't do that, you psycho. Yeah, they're not like, yeah, he thinks they're like R.M. Williams or something. Just need the soul redone. Cheers. <laughs> but yeah, dude, you're like my dad. My dad will go fishing in his Ugg boots. Like, mm. he all terrain. All terrain. Yeah, I've, I've lost a few to the mud. Yeah, I know what you mean. You want to go watch the big surf, but you also just don't want to get into shoes. Oh, dude. Okay, I've got a couple of things on this. Firstly, um, standing on a headland looking at like 12-foot surf in like Ugg boots and jeans with a coffee. It's the greatest it's, thing it's in the, the world. It's the sickest thing in the world because I like not everyone knows that I can't really surf. <laughs> but I, and I'm just up there going like, oh, that's steep. Hey, <laughs> I've got a few brave fellas out there today. Ooh. Yeah. Like, like blonde guys with dreadies are like relating to me. <laughs> I go, what about that section? I just say really vague things about sections I don't understand. I, I, I've just got enough lingo from like watching the WSL. I'm like, fucking hell, mate, that thing stood up. <laughs> And he's out the doggy door. Yeah. <laughs> if you go WSL, you yeah. can really show your true colours accidentally. Oh, mate, Strider Wazalewski. Get me out there, mate. <laughs> Get me in the channel at Chopu. <laughs> Best job in the world. Best job in the world, dude. Um, but yeah, no, I lose a lot of Ugg boots to uh, just sticking my feet in the fire. Mm. Too close. Mm. So, anyway, moving forward, mate, this state... Uh, state versus state, mate against mate. Is it? <laughs> Is it made against me? There's, there's a Sterlo, apparently there's a Sterlo like state of origin podcast 
um, ad um, for the podcast. And he's like, love it or hate it. It's origin. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's so funny when like people from who like who love rugby league talk about it as if anyone outside of two states (laughs) in in our very tiny country (laughs) like it. Mate, people in New Zealand watch a bit of State of Origin. I love asking people from New Zealand if they watch State of Origin. Heaps of them do. Oh, really? Yeah. Mate, would they ever get like a New Zealand team in the mix, do you think? Bit of a tri-series? I love a tri-series. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, mate, we had a bit of an origin party, I guess you could say. Mate, it was a pretty sad affair. It was a very sad affair. Yeah. The problem with New South Wales playing so poorly... Not that we're going to analyze the game in any way, shape, or form, but I will say that New South Wales played so poorly. I started listening to rugby league podcasts last week. Yeah, just to I just had to know why. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when the love of your life leaves, and it's like just tell me why. Mm. I understand you're leaving, <laughs> but I just need to know why. You know, and she's like, I don't love you anymore, and you're like, it hurts, but I had to hear it. That was me with New South Wales, mate. I want Greg Alexander's. Head on a fucking oh, big stick that I'm going to walk from one end of the state to the other, and people are going to cheer. Oh, mate! On Saturday night, I was hanging out with like all these comedians at this birthday party, and like anyone who would listen, I was like, Tedesco is washed. I know, like comedians who they're from Melbourne, they've never even watched rugby league, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, Freddie Fittler is a kook, and they're like, they're like, Billy, we don't know you that well. Like this is you're freaking me out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just me on a Dexy going, Freddie Fittler's got to go. <laughs> He's got to go. Mate, he's, he's created a terrible culture, clearly. I think so. I don't know. Mate, I don't, here's I, the thing is, like, I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't following it that closely. Mate, why isn't Wyden playing? That's what I want to know. He retired from representative football. Because of Freddie. I blame Freddie oh. and the culture he created. Mate, if Billy Slater was his coach, he wouldn't have fucking retired. Yeah. This is, we've got this eastern suburbs upper class cunt trying to relate to these kids I gotta say there's something I don't love the vibe of the boys headquarters always being Coogee yeah yeah nothing tough has ever come out of Coogee mate no good you know whereas it feels like Queensland are sort of they're they're getting together at like the fucking the the local dog track or something yeah yeah just getting a bit rabid for a couple of hours (laughs) I reckon just Tari just let's all be in Tari for a week yeah I'd like to see the New South Wales Blues go bush one year Mm. You know when, like, I remember the Australian cricket team did an army boot camp one year. Just to really, just to bring the boys together, mate. Yeah, it works. Because, mate, here's the thing, mate. Out there, all you have is each other. Got to watch each other's backs, mate. Yeah, don't ask Stuart McGill. He actually blew out his knee on that army training camp and his, his career never really recovered. But really? He's a- <laughs> you have to do the tough mutter as a fucking yeah. bonding exercise and, and you never get to play again. Yeah, yeah. And like, mate, he famously, I think he tried to sue Cricket Australia. Really? Yeah, he lost. Oh, yeah. what but a I, dumb cunt. But I tell you what, mate, his, his career might not have really kicked, but I tell you what was kicking, his sense of camaraderie with the lads. Mm. So that's what it's all about. But yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy... um. A little fruit and veg shop in Bondi, I think. Just give it to Tedesco. Be like, please, sir, retire. Yeah. Please. You, and you know he's got his eye on one already. Come on, mate. Yeah, 100%. Come on. Don't you just want to be a little wog that sells pears? <laughs> oh, why, why have you got to be involved? Why have you got to be the captain? Just walking slowly behind our team. Yeah, it's it's awkward. You know how like the captain gets an extra life? Yeah. Because he's the captain? Mm. I reckon I could have outjumped Tedesco out there. Well... He's, he's leaping. He's doing that thing that fat guys do where they jump. They do the motion of they jumping, the but they, they never leave the ground. Inch off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, 
first game, 115 kilo prop out jumped him. Perfect. That's a fullback. That's a fullback you can depend on. 100%, dude. And he slipped over twice. And people say, it's unlucky to slip over. Champions don't slip. Mate. Champion. I never saw Jonathan Thurston slip. No, I didn't. We've got to put down some nice mats that you see in Coles. Yeah. Those non-slip mats. Oh, they're good, yeah. Just get him around on them, mate. Sort the eggplants out. It's all good. Dude, here's the thing with me is I am quite a passionate person. Oh, my God. What? The tribalism that Billy can slip into so easily is dude, honestly scary. Dude, I could get so tribal. Like, I'm the sort of guy... <laughs> I'm, I'm the sort of guy where, like, if I was on a Greyhound bus and, like, we got lost in the jungle and the bus driver died or something, if, like, a rescue party found us, like, 15 minutes after after we'd gotten lost, I'm already, like, face paint. Like, you're either with me or you're against me. You know? Like, that's me. I'm Lord of the Flies. I think a better representation is if you got on, say the E70 bus and it went past another bus the L90 you would want everyone on the E70 to spit at the L90 I you, would, you would ride for the E70 yeah I very much like that I hate the L90 <laughs> I hate them with their stupid L90 faces <laughs> going the opposite direction to we are I hate them but dude I am very tribal and here's the thing mate call me old school but for me New South Wales the performances weren't there I need to see a few men lose their careers absolutely heads must roll I want people cut out of the Macca's ad. Uh, yeah, 100%, dude. I want I want Tedesco, gone forever. I want Freddie Fittler, gone forever. Gone forever. I want Greg Alexander. Do you know what? He can keep coaching, but I don't want to see him on Fox Sports anymore. I'll tell you that for free. He can keep coaching, but only teams I don't support. Yeah, and also, I'm not loving this whole coaching media thing where it's like the day after he's blown it for the whole state. He's on NRL 360 <laughs> going, to just sort of analyzing it very calmly. He's like, yeah, well, you know, the, it's like, no, we don't know, mate. Like, I'm a casual rugby league fan. These are the three games of the year I fucking fire up for. And you ruined it. I know. Do you know, know what it was? Okay, we lost. I understand we lost. But here's the thing is, if I'm going to have seven beers on a Wednesday, I just want at least like 10 minutes of adrenaline. Mm. I just want 10 minutes of like, this is fucking wild. We're right in this. Mm. You know, back and forth footy or something. But mm. we didn't even get that. What was the song that you put on YouTube afterwards? I don't know. It was like someone playing guitar in the rain. It was like a... Oh, I put on um, Iris by the Google Dolls. <laughs> Dude, my... It my, was the my, live version of them in the rain. My sister was over and just her face... I watched my younger sister watch a drunk Billy Darcy's <laughs> face for so much of the night. Well, honestly, mate, there was nothing else for it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if your state lets you down to such a degree, unfortunately, only the Goo Goo Dolls can get you back. I know. I, know. I don't think I made maybe the best impression on your sister. She she had a good laugh. I think she I think she likes me in a way like 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 I'm a little golden retriever or something. <laughs> yeah, She's like, yeah. look at him. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very much of that vein. Yeah. Yeah, this has happened to me two origins in a row now where I'm just sitting there at ten PM on a Wednesday. I've had eight beers and like three joints and I and I'm like, Oh, I guess I'll just go to bed because mm. we didn't really turn up at all. Mm. So, yeah, it's a sad moment when we turned up more than they turned up. Yeah, well, I had a fucking dig. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had I had the sky blue on and I wasn't afraid to show it. But Mate, in, in my respective field, which is ordering and consuming crust pizzas, <laughs> I showed up. I showed up more than they showed up by so far. Okay, can we talk about the state 
of the Szechuan prawn pizza. That had a, that that honestly, which which of the two had less of a dig Wednesday night? The Blues or the bloke who made our Szechuan prawn pizza? I think the Szechuan prawn pizza guy for sure. I mean, it was it was a sloppy jalopy. It was what no the good. Fuck, and we'd also had it recently, and it was great. Also, mate. We were talking it up. I know. We were talking it up big time. People were questioning our choice. And we were like, trust me, the other day, this is incredible. Yes. And there was just sweet chili sauce and soy sauce kind of bathing above a pizza. It was, it was fucking it, disgusting. Yeah. It was like he forgot to put the sweet chili on. And as they were taking the pizza out of the door, he's like, just like squirting it from across the kitchen. Mm. Some of it hit the pizza. A lot of it didn't. Like there was concentrated puddles. Oh. Mate. Dude, I don't even know. It was, was it was a fucking shit night now that I'm looking back at it. <laughs> it was a brutal Wednesday. Oh my God. You're, we lost. Your sister thinks I'm like mentally disabled. <laughs> fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like, yeah, Ruby, you can sleep in my bed. It's all good. And then like 15 minutes later, I was like, actually sleep on the couch. I need my room right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid I need my personal study right now. <laughs> so frustrating, dude. And then to top it off, fucking... We get robbed the next day. Oh, yeah. We get robbed. True. Jesus Christ. Now that I'm looking back, did we have like a torrid week last week? I I had a... Pr- mate, I had a pretty bad week. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to think because I think I had a pretty good week. But I'll tell you what, we took some losses along the way. Yeah, we took some L's. Yeah. Mate, honestly, obviously you and me... So basically, we got robbed um, in our backyard. Me and Rowan both lost possessions. Pretty hardcore. I'm not saying... I'm not saying that we both lost things of the same value well you'd think so by how much angrier you got than i got and here's the thing our reactions it was like we had we mixed up our reactions (laughs) (laughs) i had your reaction (laughs) and you had mine (laughs) so basically we got robbed by um some bloke that we're surrounded by by houses here so i don't know there's a few rangy characters out there a few blokes that'll keep you distance let you know what's up (laughs) and anyway so we got robbed i lost my work shirt and a pair of jeans Rowan lost a $5,000 electric bike. <laughs> I was fucking furious. And, and Rowan was very stoic about the whole thing. Yeah. I, I shrugged it off in a single shrug and then spent the rest of the night being like, Billy, shut the fuck up. Dude, so I came home and the back gate was open. And I was like, I'm pretty sure someone's taken a shirt and my pants off the rack. They left the rest. Yeah. Not sure what that says. I'm not sure what it says about my freaking wardrobe that they only took my work shirt <laughs> and not some of my beautiful indie rock merch. <laughs> yeah, they looked at 12 different indie rock shirts or Hawaiian shirts and was like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Thank God they went a mall rat fan. But <laughs> but I'll say this. And then I was like, me, you and Marky were talking and it was nighttime. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we got robbed, but I'm not sure. And then you were like, oh, my bike's down there at the end of the yard. And I was like, well, you better go check. And then you you went down and you checked. Then you came back and me and Marky are talking about something inconsequential. <laughs> and then you wait like four minutes for the conversation to end. And you go, oh, yeah, by the way, the bike's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy goes, oh, good. I knew I wasn't making this up. And I was like, oh, thanks, Billy. Yeah, yeah. No, because I thought I was going mad. Yeah, yeah. And you are. Well, a little bit, but I honestly was like embarrassed to bring it up. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, no one in the house would take my work shirt. Mm. And I don't want to be the guy going around being like, hey, guys, I think there's, I honestly thought it was, we were haunted or something. Mm. I had all these theories going. So, you getting robbed, the electric bike, mate, as as negative as it is, 
it just realigned my world. Mm. You know what I mean? So that was good. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I, I did want to see some heads roll. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept repeating that we were going to let the landlord know. Mate, I was like, we got to let further, the landlord further know. Further down the line, when he tries to fuck us, <laughs> when he tries to fuck us, then we can go, mate, we got fucking robbed. We got robbed on your watch. I'm like, it's not his watch. It's not his watch. It's nothing to do with him. Mate, that was the thing is that it became apparent that I'm the only one who looks at our landlord as the enemy. Yeah. Well, I look at him as the enemy. You look at him as the protector. I was like, he's not... He's I'm not- just saying it's good to have a bit of leverage down the yeah, road. Yeah, here we go. The leverage word. He kept using leverage. <laughs> I'm telling you, mate. Okay. Let's say fucking something goes a bit haywire here at the pad. Mm. And you know what I mean? Like, or anything could happen. It's a wild world. And let's say all of a sudden we're up for a bit of damage or something, or maybe there's been some sort of a social event we've hosted. You know, things <laughs> we zigged when we should have zagged. Remember when you weren't there at Thursday at two in the morning? Yeah. I'm just saying, if he if he comes in and says... It'll be fucking 600 bucks to repair this. I'll say, cunt, what about the time we were robbed mm. on your property, mate? And he'll say, that has very little to do with me. And I'll say, what about this? I go to the cops. You're the only one with the key. Number one suspect, brother. That's a good point. Now, I, I now, wouldn't mind blaming him. Yeah, now it's, we're in... Who? Hey, we both got guns on the table. Mm. You want to bluff, cunt? I'm not even on the lease, okay? I'm willing to lose it all. Yeah, which did make it apparent that none of us were going to... Um, email him and you're not on the lease and we were like oh well that solves that yeah yeah massively <laughs> massively <laughs> the catholic schoolboy came out mate oh I was ready to holy go holy shit someone's <laughs> fucking taking something I'm like I don't know I've been robbed twice in the last year I'm kind of shaking well, this off well that's the thing mate it was my first time getting robbed <laughs> yeah. and I was furious <laughs> why are you getting robbed so much mate I'm, I'm not getting I haven't got proper robbed in my life like because being robbed is like being threatened and then taken, but larceny has been committed against me. Um, What's my- larceny? Stealing. Stealing. Theft. 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 Bit of theft. Yeah. Um, yeah, surfboard from um, the old place, which actually meant a hell of a lot more than me than this fucking dumb electric bike that I refused to take anywhere because I was scared of it being stolen. Well, I didn't even know we had it. Well, I was amping myself up to ride it at one point, but um, time gets away with you, mate, and it's out there in better hands. Um, I'm sure they've sold it for about one-tenth of the price. <laughs> um, someone broke into my house when I was younger, like in, in through my bedroom. Really? So that's more spooky than a backyard thievery. Someone broke into my car last year, stole a bunch of stuff. Oh, someone broke into my car, but there was nothing of value in it. <laughs> they they like ripped out the center console trying to start it. Oh, and really? And gave up and stole a ute that was parked nearby. Mate, they love me. Yeah. I have so many good things. That's the thing about me. That people want to steal. Yeah, bro. I'll tell you what, no one's stealing your jokes. <laughs> oh, someone... I don't know. Actually, that's not true. Dude, have you ever had someone steal one of your jokes? I don't think so. Dude, I had it once. Have I told you this? No, who was it? Oh, mate. I bet you would have tribaled up so hard. No, I did nothing. Really? It keeps me up at night. Really? It keeps me up at night, dude. At least they wouldn't still be gigging. No, it was this guy... I can't even remember. But anyway, he was like a morbidly obese guy. He used to actually have a walking stick. He oh, that, that dude. That the guy dude. that... Yeah, one, I remember once he was caddy to us because we were blocking the fire exit. I don't know, dude. That's but, what I remember him by. So what happened was I used to do this joke. It, uh, so the thing was, I was only like, I want to say maybe six months to a year into comedy. Mm. So I didn't really know the lay of the land. You know, I didn't have like many friends or anything. 
Um, same, same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, the bloke who tried to flog me last year, I just did three shows with him over the oh, weekend. Fucking hell. So that's, that, I mean, that was fine. But yeah, that's like a hilarious email to get at like 4 p.m. on a Friday. Well, let's check out the lineup for this weekend shows. Oh, okay. This guy who could snap me in half and wants to. Excelente. Time to just uh, saddle up next to the guy that keeps talking about the chick's tits in the front row. Yeah. Great. He's looking forward to doing unpaid work while risking my fucking life. But anyway, it was fine. Um, but anyway, so this guy who stole my joke... So, yeah, now, if someone did that, I would break a fucking chair over their head. I'm saying the stealing the joke thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it makes me so angry I did nothing about it. So, basically, what happened was I was doing this joke um, at the time where about, like, playing kids on the Central Coast in cricket. Mm. And this is back when the breakfast menu ended at 10.30. And I would say, yeah, we lost, like, it was all about the Central Coast kids would hit puberty at, like, 7. Mm. You know, I, I think you can. There's some hilarious observations there, but um, I would say we lost, we lost so quickly. We could still make the breakfast menu at Macca's. Mm. Hilarious, bit of a zing, as it were. Anyway, so I did it at Tudor, this open mic, on the Thursday, and and that guy was there. The following Thursday, he's there again. He goes up and he's talking about job interviews. He goes. Yeah, the job interview ended so quickly, I could still make the breakfast menu at Macca's. That doesn't even work as well. Cause well, job, job in- interviews can happen any time of the fucking day. Yeah. And Everyone knows cricket starts at 10. Well, I didn't know that. Well, it's in the morning. Yeah, I knew it was in the morning. It's in the bloody morning. Yeah, and, I, and it's a long game. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Hence the joke. Hence the joke. Okay. And this piece of shit just took the punchline. And you know what? It got a laugh as well. I think he said in his joke, I had the, the job interview at 10 a.m. or something. Oh. Yeah, and it got a laugh. And I stood at the back. And his thing, I, I didn't have any friends or anything. So, I couldn't be like, what? The, boys, check this out. Like, there was no boys. Mm. I turn around. There's no boys. There's no boys. And um, and I did nothing about it. Fuck. And, and honestly, I had sick fantasies of kicking his walking stick out from under him. <laughs> and just oh, kicking the absolute fuck out of him. He was pretty disabled. I remember that guy. Yeah. But, okay. I don't want to speak out of school, but I think it was self-inflicted disability. He um, must have been 200 kegs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What I don't want to speculate on his physical <laughs> appearance or abilities, but I'll say that mentally, this guy's an absolute cunt. Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense if he'd kept the premise the same. No. It had to be a job interview. It could also, not be he, was, he was about 37 or something. He was cruel. I didn't like him. He was a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I did nothing about it. He stopped doing comedy. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I never did anything about it. And mm. it was like clear as day, like open mic that week, did the joke. He was there. The next week, same open mic. And here's the thing. I was going to do the joke and he went on before me. Mm. So I was like two after him. So I'm watching him. Yeah. I'm about to do the same joke because mm. it's mine. Mm. Um, I just stopped doing the joke. That's um, yeah, it's a lesson to be learned for everyone out there. You really must act on your violent impulses. Otherwise, you'll regret it further down the line. Well, okay. Obviously, it's stupid to act violently, Rowan. I understand. <laughs> Thanks, he- Healthy Harold, for fucking entering the podcast. Sober for three weeks, doing more ketamine last weekend, were you? Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Mate, it's a scientific testing regimen. Mate, you and If your- you can't repeat it, then it's not science. You and you and that girl upstairs. <laughs> she's a bad influence on you, Rowan. <laughs> well, that much is certainly clear. <laughs> but, uh, but here's the thing, is what I really regret is just not being like, hey, mate. Mm. What's the bloody goss here? 
Mm. We seem to have a similar punchline that I've been doing longer than you. And you definitely stole it from me. You know, what do you say? Right. When you're young, you cop that many L's and just do nothing about it. I was like 19. Yeah. I once found out I was getting underpaid from like what he told me I was getting paid. And I did not like, I just like didn't, I was like, oh. Well, um, I guess that's just life. <laughs> I just guess I'll just never say. I was like, I could bring it up, but um, oh, probably not. Fuck that. Yeah, and I am <laughs> terrible at confrontation, mate. So I like confrontation where someone comes at me first. Oh yeah, massively. That's fun, dude. That's honestly, all good and fair. Like the only two times I got angry at people in that office job I worked at, um. I just immediately regretted it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I regretted it immediately too. It's like, I don't think I've ever confronted someone and walked away and been like, that was well executed, Bill. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't do it a lot, you, you it's kind of like when you hear like a nerdy dude try and swear and they're yes. like, fucking shit fuck. And you're like, dude, what? Yeah. And like, I just, I, I have a hard time finding the sweet spot. Mm. But- <laughs> <laughs> the tribalism. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, listen here, cunt. I mean, <laughs> let's just talk about this because I'm sick of this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have a hard time just being calm and just talking through it. Like, mm. here's the thing is, I, that, and that's the, this is the exact issue. I associate confrontation with fury. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I don't know how to just calmly and just say, this is how I feel about what you're doing. Mm. What do you think about that? I need it to be in a family setting where I completely overreact and spaz out. And then someone's like, what are you even angry about? And I have to slowly tell them. (laughs) I can't be just left alone. Yeah, no, it's tough. Some people are good at it, but I don't know. I had some bad experiences. Well, like one time I was like kind of angry at like a Persian woman in this office. And she immediately like... She was just like, I'm so, so, she was so sweet. And I was like, you're such a cunt, Bill. Like, fucking hell. You know? And then this other time when I was working at Westfield, I confronted my Serbian boss. And let me tell you, he was not sweet. I learned very, very, I learned the hard way to never, ever confront an Eastern European man. Because they will not back down. I think that was and I had ev- I had evidence that I was right and it didn't matter. Yeah. He got more angry than the amount of evidence I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was craziness, dude. Like I had on the security cameras, basically he was like, you need to go do this, fix these two things and put these signs out. Mm. I went and did it. Mm. Like I did it. And it was like five or six things that were important. Like mm. it was too much to lie about. And I did it. And then like, he's like, you didn't do it. And I'm like, check the cameras. Because Westfield, there's cameras literally everywhere. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need to check the fucking cameras. I go, check <laughs> the fucking cameras. And he just got, I, I went more, I go, I did it at this time. I spoke to this person. I'll be on this camera. And he just goes, I'm just going to get angrier. And, and to the point where I was like, whoa, mm. it was crazy, dude. So much, mate, I tell you what, if you are in a situation where you have a disagreement with an Eastern European man, submit. Yeah, submit. So much easier. <laughs> I'm now realizing that every time I have um, kind of given someone an angry tirade, it's been due to someone, like, it's just because I haven't had an angry tirade against someone that it was necessary for. Oh, yeah. It's like, it just bottles up and then three months later, I scream at someone that definitely doesn't deserve it. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of my time walking around, like, obviously, I don't think, I think I'm sure everyone does this. 
but just fantasizing about like confrontations and like what I would do in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like now because I'm getting public transport. So, mate, if you if you can honestly get on a bus and not picture yourself in a violent confrontation where you're an underdog, but you still come out on top somehow. <laughs> you're beloved and you're not the instigator. Yeah. Man, I don't know if you are you can classify yourself as a man if you're not constantly conjuring up those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just called being a man over the age of 14. Oh, big time. Yeah. No, and then, and then like, I love the thing of like, um, then that situation will actually happen. And then like three days later, I'm like, Oh, I guess I didn't really do anything about that. <laughs> it's tough, dude. Becky Lucas has that great joke where she's like, I'm just walking up hills listening to Sia, like having practice fights in my head. And Sia's the perfect one to listen to. You get a bit of chandeliers going. You're like, fucking hell. I'm going to. I actually saw that old boss that um, I was in a car um, and I drove past like Colorado Beach, but um, the kind of bayside, yep. like near the golf course. And I saw my boss that um, underpaid me um, washing down his jet ski. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, what a what a visual! <laughs> like, fuck, fucking Enrique, you motherfucker. Was his name Enrique? Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, you I don't motherfucker know, motherfucker Enrique. You got me. You got me. Those extra two dollars an hour. You save them up over a couple of years. You can buy yourself a jet ski. Yeah, I mean. People that like their business depends on mistreating 15-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Is it worth it? Yeah. You know? You're going to keep it? bringing them in. Yeah. You, you love coffee this much. <laughs> you have to have literally 14-year-olds preparing it for a dollar an hour. Every time I'd go to Pizza Hut, like after getting, after leaving and then coming back, then leaving and coming back, my first job, there'd just be more disabled people and less of my friends. Because he was just using government initiatives. Oh. And then not really engaging with anyone and never being there and just being like, Yeah, um, we'll get um we'll get a manager to handle this. Yeah, that, that's how this works. We'll get some Indian guy that doesn't want to be there. And then like three people getting paid four dollars an hour on the books. And um yeah, that's how people will get pizzas. And you're like, this can't be it, mate. Dude, it's crazy. To, if you're gonna do this, there needs to be some sort of leadership involved. Yeah, I got um I worked at Domino's. I was a Domino's mm. guy. And uh I went from I never even got they never even let me like make the pizzas. I never <laughs> made it to the pizza line. I would just like restock the ingredients. And then we got a new boss. He was Persian, he bought the franchise. Mm. And honestly, Mate, I, 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 I was holding this to my heart this day. I honestly couldn't understand it. So, like, he would ask me to do something and I would be like, I'm going to have to get that a second time, boss. And then he would ask me again and I'd be like, and then by the third time, it's like, I'm rude. If yeah. You can't ask again. So, then I would do what I thought he wanted me to do and he would be furious. Mm. And... um. And yeah, so I got fired, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a series of heated arguments. And and the worst part is we're in these arguments. I still don't know what he's fucking saying, you know? <laughs> I know but I know what he meant, you know? Spit flying everywhere, but... When I, when I um left Pizza Hut one time, Gary, the manager, who I used to like just constantly... He'd yell at me to do things. And I'd go, Gary, just don't talk to me like that, for one. And secondly, I'm obviously busy right now. 
So I, how did you have the confidence? I was like 14 at Domino's. I, I started with two of my mates who were already working there. So I got shown the ropes that you can just mug people off. And both of them are despicable people. Wow. <laughs> that I don't hang out with anymore. Um, okay. <laughs> they're busy getting AVOs out against them or whatever. Um, oh, okay. Fun, guys. <laughs> but um, I gave him the Goodwill hunting speech. As I left, I was like, because he wanted to be a cabbie. That was like his dream. But you got to learn heaps of streets. This is before Uber. Oh, I wow. I pray to fucking God that he didn't buy a cab license. Holy shit. I hope he didn't get fucked. Um, oh, so he was a good bloke. He's a legend. Absolute oh, okay. Legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute king. Um, and I gave him the Goodwill hunting speech of um, every time I come here, man, I hope I best part of my day is when I walk in and I think you might not be there and you might be out driving around those streets in a cab. But instead, wow. you're here. It's just like, fuck off, bro. I'm like, yeah. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like a fucking stone 15-year-old being like, bro, best part of my day. <laughs> I don't know where you get this confidence. <laughs> well, it's like you're in, you were like in the muck and the mire at that job. Like there was no real organization. My favorite, oh, there was a few favorite drivers. The drivers used to read Noam Chomsky. It was sick. And then one driver whose son went to our school, but he wouldn't tell us who his son was because he was smart. Nice. Because um, obviously you'd all be like, your dad works at well, Pizza Hut, you loser. Well, his dad used to smoke meth in the car park. Um, oh and then go to the brothel like- around the corner. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so it's like he was for good reason. For good reason. He didn't tell us. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't understand how you and me grew up like five minutes away from each other. And you had this like fucking... Like I don't, I don't even like this, this edgy childhood. Like you know, it's like a train spotters type <laughs> spin-off story or something. And I'm fucking two minutes away in the ivory tower. I don't know, mate. You different hospitality venues. Maybe you it was happening around you. You just didn't have your eyes peeled. You weren't yeah. getting shown the darkness. I guess not. I guess not, brother. But yeah, man. God bless. God bless Pizza Hut. I watched that place crumble because there was. One, it used to be a more middle-class area and then it got became a richer area and then Crust moved in. Ooh. And then I Love Pizza moved in. And then a um, wood-fired place moved in. No one's getting Pizza Hut anymore. It's over. The poor people, they're gone. Does Pizza Hut even still exist anymore? Yes, it does. I think drunk people. I don't know. I Love Pizza is absolute dog shit, by the way. It is. It is dog shit. Mate, Crust is legitimately fucking good stuff it is fuck i'm still a little bit salty yeah me too me too mate me too anyway man, that's probably enough podcasting for this week i think yeah yeah I think you are you i know you for a fact have nothing else to say <laughs> well i've been a sober boy there's nothing going on i need i need to take this train off the tracks again yeah that'd be good for the pod mate for yeah. the sake of the pod because you you were you came back i liked sunday morning because billy was telling me all the regretful things he said on saturday night oh man and I, w- I wish i was there to be honest dude i was uncut at vic on the park i was just being so toxic oh, i could have been toxic with you that's was, the annoying thing yeah so it was a comedian comedian mate of ours um sam bowden's birthday so like Half the Sydney comedy scene was there. I was just trashing anyone who wasn't. I love how loud it, your voice goes during those times just, as well. Just me on a deck seat just being like, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> She's a cunt. Yeah. She's a cunt. Oh, my God. I was like, I had like Lucy Henderson cornered, like telling her how good the open mic scene used to be. I was like, Jesus Christ, I've got to leave this poor girl alone. I'm like, Tudor comedy. There was 80 people there regularly. <laughs> so embarrassing, dude. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right. Well, good stuff, mate. Good stuff, mate. Well, Rory Lowe's on the podcast this week as well. So you and him, quite a quite a loose boy vibe. So is he first half and then I'm second half or is it a third half or what's going on? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it yet. It's nice to mix it up. You'll have Rory, the horniest man alive, and then me, who would like to be perceived as asexual. Nice. Well, it's a good balance, mate. It is a good and balance. That's, and you, you've nailed that because Rory does refer to Fremantle as a sex cult at the start of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> mate, people from Western Australia, fucking hell. They love it. <laughs> he was actually, we got into it in the episode, so I'm not ruining anything. But I go, I go, look at you, Rory. You're just so famous in Perth. You're like a, one of those personalities they talk about. And he just bursts out laughing. Apparently, the West Australian named him as um, on the top 100... Uh, most influential West Australians. He was number 63 last year. What? Yeah. Mate, maybe we should just move over there. I mean, it's got two great clubs. It's a great city. Mate. You get paid more. Dude, <laughs> pays up, rents down. Yeah, yeah pays up, rents it's down. It's a sex cult. <laughs> yeah. I repeat, it is a sex cult. Anyway. Pretty good stone over there, I'm pretty sure. Oh, great stone, mate. Hell of a lot of car parks for you to get around. Beautiful, mate. Boom gates, they've got them there too. It's exciting. All right, cool, cool, cool. Good stuff. Latest doggy.